Mostly cloudy today, a high of 32. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 24. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, high of 34. Friday, mostly cloudy, high of 38. Saturday, cloudy, morning snow flurries are possible, a high of 38. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. Where should I begin? Can we talk about this? Say, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Over there. Prepare yourself okay. for Craig. Okay. Preparing a mighty new spectacle here. Articulate, <laughs> stimulating, yeah. hit you right in the... <laughs> there you go. We start becoming a team right now. This is the Craig Collins Show. Lord Jesus, oh God, no. On WJBC. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now your host. He's a good man. Craig because I'm awesome, I do stuff to my... I, I'm awesome. I'm an awesome guy. This is Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Blake already complaining off the air. Uh, but I'm, I nailed it. Whoa, I, those I are accu- no, those are accusations. Okay, you said, why do I do that to myself? But it's, yeah. I, I like to work in a situation where you need to get something finished in like 30 seconds or else. <laughs> why do you do that to I yourself? I train myself for the ticking time bomb situation, Plan man. ahead. Look, out of all the people in this building, if there were yeah. a, a bomb placed in like the center console here, okay. we had four minutes to defuse it, I'm the guy. You might not think I'm the guy. You're McGruber. I am. You might want to go a different road, <laughs> but because of my daily routine, yeah. I am the guy that de- gets that done in those four minutes. I won't panic when it clicks to like 15 seconds. I will finally fight the, find the right wire, and I'll defuse it. Let me. How do you feel about that? Am I the guy, Betty? If there were a bomb, would you would you sick me on it, or would you probably get like Mark Strauss or someone to do it? Uh, yeah, I will get Mark. You will get Mark? Ooh. Yes. Ooh. As my I own wife. Divorce. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it is like he, he pretend right. like all the time that like he will save. Yeah. But Me? He's going to like run. Uh, whoa, whoa. Don't don't tell that story. <laughs> we're we're here for bachelor stuff. Okay. We're not here oh, for the other thing. Well, I okay. like that. Okay, one time, the one time yeah. something happened and uh, the emotions of the moment took over. Every time we tell this story, I get such bad looks. I'm it's sorry, not, No, it's okay. It's all right. I, I live in the world. Like trust tree, every all the listeners. Right. So there was this one, the one time, Blake, one time. We're at Navy Pier, the fireworks are getting fire, fired off. It's Fourth of July. Yeah. Actually, I don't think they were firing yet. We were waiting for him. It was my wife and I, my brother and his entire family. Right. Uh, he's got three kids. Oh, there's a caller on the line too. Caller, what's your name? Hello. No, they're just hanging up. They I didn't like it. A whole lot of people just want to talk to Strauss. They listen when they can. I, well, it happens. <laughs> so anyway, we're at Navy Pier, 4th of July. Fireworks are going to go off in a little bit. And uh, you hear a pop, pop, pop uh, down the down the oh. pier. And to a lot of people, that kind of sounds like a scary thing. And in today's day and age, right. you know, it's, it's extra yeah. scary. Uh, Betty, though, expert in this kind of thing, <laughs> for whatever reason, your upbringing, you said, I don't know. Uh, knows that it's just uh, firecrackers. She knows that it's not what we all think it is. Right. But Navy Pier starts running. Like, people uh, storm out of this one area. Yeah. They start stampeding down. Me, my brother, his wife, my wife, his three children. My brother and I look at the stampede. I first looked down at all the kids, and I, I did the look. I did the look. Right. And then I saw my wife, and I said, we got to go. And so I start to run, assuming everyone's behind me. My brother did a similar thing. He didn't get as far as I did, yeah. but he, he looked at his whole family. He looked at me. We communicated what we needed to communicate, and, and my brother started to go. I, I wouldn't call it run. He you know went the direction, 
the families didn't follow us, man. <laughs> they, they, we we kind of left them behind. We didn't do it on purpose. You left them behind? I, well, we yes, didn't. We, did. we, we, hold, hold on. Ooh. So, <laughs> Not so a good look. We communicated a plan to the women. And the women were then going to execute the plan with the kids, and then we were all going to go as a unit. That's women, women and children first. You ever watch the Titanic? <laughs> yeah. Come on, now. This is what I get all the time. Rookie yes, moves. They literally tell her to divorce me every 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 time we do the story. And uh, so Betty, though, because she knows what the sound actually is, just just like kind of like Groot in the first uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie, the tree right. hugged the family and pushed them down, so they all stayed out of the stampede. All these people running, I'm running, my brother's running. We're all just like yeah, getting pushed straight, further and further right. away. But Betty just kept her, the rest of the family and, and my brother's wife out of the whole fray. Just pushed them out of the whole thing. <laughs> right. And so then, yeah, there's that moment where you turn around like 30 seconds or a minute-ish later and you realize that you got no family. And then I see my brother heading back to his family. And yeah, that ha- okay, it happened. Well, now you ain't got no wife. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't intentional. And no sister-in-law, and no like nephews. And and nieces. Every time, no. Huh. Every time I get crap for this, a plan was communicated. I didn't do the well, handhold because you know, like I, they can run. Everybody can run. Right. Yeah. It's it's every man for themselves. No, it's but <laughs> that's not what it is. You're supposed to take your family. No, that's yes. not. That's not what it is. Yeah. The kids weren't so little they couldn't. Like they were all old enough. To, to run. Oh, like three years old. That's none of them were three at the time. Yeah, no they, way. I mean, the youngest, three years he old. He was not three. Yeah, he was. See, again, this whole story. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. We're here to talk about The Bachelor. Yes, yes. And you only have like a minute left, Betty, because you got to get out of here. Um, but yeah, okay, so The Bachelor happened and I'm a bad husband. That's the story this week. Yeah, you are Peter now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what's, real quick, what, what happened on the show? And by the way, I guess we should, we should play an intro for this segment. It could be middle of the Chase Rice seemed kind of lonely on the show. Did he seem kind of lonely? He hasn't been in the past. Yeah. Did he seem like the kind of guy that runs away from the family and then he just winds up alone? Uh. That's what that seems like to me. No, I'm kidding. But he he appeared on the episode and he created a lot of drama at the same time. Right. Yeah. So what happened? Well, yeah. Victoria F. Yes. Victoria Fuller. Fuller. Yeah, I know them all. First and last name. Oh, my God. Yeah. You were pretty good at this. Uh, Yeah. She found out that he was like singer in one of the concerts, like where she's supposed to dance with Peter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, uh, and she then her boyfriend's up there singing to him. Yes, exactly. That's awkward. Yeah. How, That's real how do you awkward. feel about that, Blake? Well, the awkward thing was is so Chase Rice, who we just heard on the song, didn't know who was going to be at this concert. He knew yeah. that he was going to perform for The Bachelor, yeah. Yeah. but didn't know who was going to be on the date. And Victoria F. shows up, who used to date Chase Rice. Yeah. Then the reaction was like... She freaked out. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah. 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 That did not just happen. Well, and so that's part of the huge drama. The other big drama from this past week's episode is that one of the contestants who was eliminated for being too much drama Princess was brought Alea. back. Princess Alea. Yeah. A former Beauty Queen contestant. Right. Which, by the way, I've now read that in Bachelor seasons, the Beauty Queens always fight. That's the Hannah B. fought the other Beauty Queen. It's just a thing. Hannah just, Beast. Hannah Beast. She yeah. went Hannah, Hannah Beast, Beast mode. Yeah. Uh, and she's actually still in this season, too, so I don't know if that, how that's going to play out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the, they're fighting, but now there's a character that's back. They brought one back from the dead, and that's yeah. going to create even more drama. Well, the thing is, like, they are friends, right? The two contestants for the beauty pageant. Used like, to be friends. They, well, that's one one right. of one of them, they say so, and the other one says they are still friends. Friends seems like a strong word. I don't yeah. know that they were ever friends. I feel like Alea ran off without her family sometime, maybe at Navy Pier. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's break time. <laughs> We're not doing this anymore. I don't know if I'll have you guys back next week. I didn't. I, I communicated a message, and we were all supposed to execute right. it as a group. Hmm. We were four adults. It wasn't break time. ABC.com. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. We do review The Bachelor uh, on my show, which is kind of surprising, but we do it. Uh, and Dan called in with a great take. Dan, what did you want to say? I just thought it was hilarious that Chris Harrison built it all up. Like, we're going to this amazing place, and it's like <laughs> Cleveland, and there was like dead silence right after that. And, and it's going to be. Know, then it looked like the girls were reading off cue cards after that about how amazing Cleveland was. Right. So, yeah, oh, oh, we're going to Cleveland. You mean the Cleveland that does that? Oh, that's so great. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm, they, just, I'm waiting for next week when he's like, hey, and we're going to Detroit right now. <laughs> you guys were going to be, be amazing. You guys were going to be hitting up Gary, Indiana today. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, Gary. <laughs> We're, we're going to go to a soup kitchen after this, and, uh, and uh-huh. it'll be yeah. amazing. An amazing second date with Chase Rice and everything. No, thanks, I man, mean, for no, calling in. No, thanks. Yeah, okay, cool. That is hilarious. He's like, yeah, that's uh, Cleveland's going to be amazing. Imagine thinking you're going to go to, like, Spain or somewhere really nice, and you go to Cleveland. Well, that is, I've always thought about that with any kind of reality show. They're, like, all dates, they're not all created equal, man. Right. Like, some, they're in a helicopter, and they're doing all this crap, and the next one, like, they go to a family party. So I know it's probably better to go to the family event to get a chance to like date the guy. Yeah. But I'd prefer the helicopter and stuff if it were me. Uh, I don't know if you can do that recently. What do you mean? Oh, oh God. God this guy. <laughs> he said, he... Oh, you hit. Oh, but wow. Anyways. Uh, any... <laughs> anyway, everything is very sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a very, that's a very sad. Yes, anyway, sir. let's move on. Let's try to move on real quick. I have a bachelor power ranking. I was going to read this with you and Betty. Uh, Betty had to leave. I just I don't know if you agree with this. Yeah. But I love the fact that like sports, you know, like the right. NFL power rankings or something. Yeah. Uh, the New York Post is now doing a power ranking of the women. Madison is in first place. Her rank last week also first. I don't think it's right to be ranking people. Well, I don't know. This is just most likely to win the show. What do you? We're not ranking yeah. them based on how much we like them. Oh. This is where they seem to be standing in position with Peter. We rank teams. They're a team of one. Right. But it's a competition. That's a team. We're ranking individuals here, though. Who are all in a competition, and they're te- why? Why are you? Why are you doing this to me? Why? Are what you, do you mean? You're making like the woke millennial thing. You're, what do you mean? Well, I'm not I'm a, woke. I'm Generation Z. I know you are. Yeah. By a year. I, so I'm who's first? Madison, oh. who was also in first place oh, okay. last week. Kelly is in second. She moved up two positions from fourth. Right. Hannah Ann, uh, ringing in at third place. I feel like she's a front runner. I'm not a real big fan. Not of a Hannah fan. Ann. And then Kelsey skyrocketing. From 10th last week all the way to 4th this week. I really don't like her. You don't like Kelsey No, she does the whole... She said last week, I'm no drama. Okay. We just spent a whole episode on your champagne gate. I gotta be honest. uh, We're four in. I can't picture most of these women by their names. No. It's not... uh, Hannah Ann I can. That's the only one I can pick up. Hannah Ann I can? Hannah Ann I can. Wow, say that five times fast. Good. Uh, And five is Victoria F., the one who went on the date. She skyrockets up as well. Not moving as many positions as Kelsey. But she goes from ninth to fifth. Right. So those are your top five right now on the Bachelor Power Rankings. And I, I'm going to keep for reporting those every single week, even though you said it was wrong to, to rank people. Right. I'm ranking the competitors. Trying. What about, like, the Olympics? We favor people in the Olympics. Those are those, athletes, though. These are people. These are they're competitors. This is, they're, I don't know about it's that. It's the same thing. Not really. A beauty pageant picks a winner? What, what are you saying? I, don't, I didn't say I agreed with them. So what, you don't want them to happen anymore? I can't have an opinion. I'm a newsman. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, good news, by the way, real quick, before I get out of this uh, segment where I admit that I left my wife stranded. That's... I can't believe that came up again. Yeah. I hate that story. It was accidental. It wasn't purposeful. You just assume people are right behind you. Yeah. I felt people behind me. They just weren't my wife. I can't make it better. I'm trying so hard. 
Uh, being boring in a relationship is a key to its longevity. Did you know that? No, I did not. So these these crazy things that they do on places like The Bachelor, the, the intense dates, the big things, they would only keep a person for a short amount of time. And the odds of having a, a strong bond by doing things like that every time you go out, if you're on Tinder right now trying to find a, a date, just know that you've you got to work toward boring, like Netflix situations, because you get to know someone better, they feel more comfortable with you. These are all things in this recent study that said the true way to keep a relationship going long-term is to get to a place where being, quote, boring together is fun. Boring together is comfortable, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but then again, it's boring. Yeah, but it's but you've got to be bored anyway. You're bored alone all the time, right? I'm not. You're not? No. What are you doing with all your time to not be bored? I'm watching TikTok. You're not ranking anybody. No, I ain't doing that. <laughs> you're just sitting, you're watching TikTok? I listen to JBC. JB, oh, there you go. You listen to the Craig Collins Show. Yeah, when I can. See, I knew it. I knew I walked right into it. Quick break, a lot more coming up. AM 1230. You're on for an hour of the show. Do you listen? 97816. Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. Hanging out with you until 6 o'clock. And then we have some basketball for you as well. Um, and we were talking, I th- well, not us, uh, Mark Strauss was talking to Neil a little bit about being sad that the uh, the rivalry isn't as good. Um, you're an ISU student as well, um, and that's not tonight, by the way. That's not the game that's happening, but Bradley, ISU, do you think the rivalry is still, still big? It's still there, but it's it's. I would agree, it's not as big as it used to be. Got it. So when you were in school, like how, how much of an enemy did you feel like it's they a big, were? It's a big deal. Okay. It's a really <laughs> big deal. It is. Why did you just change? You just totally changed. What do you mean? You went from it's not a big deal, no one cares anymore, whoa, to when you were whoa, in school, whoa. everybody uh, cares. It's not the words that I use. Okay. I said now it's not as big as it used to be. Got it. But You still hate them. When I was in school, I don't hate anybody. I know you I'm don't. a lover, not a hater. You don't rank anybody either. Nope. I noticed. But I think it's not as big as a deal as it used to be because right. we're becoming more of a rival with Loyola. Uh, I haven't talked about this yet on the show. I will after the news. News coming up in just a second on AM 1230 WJBC. But I was rocking wine at a bar that you were at. I didn't go beer. I wasn't talking to you. Uh, was that? Uh, we weren't friends then. Okay. I, I was rocking wine. Right. I wasn't drinking beer. I wasn't drinking you know mixed drinks, any of that. I have a story on how I might be cooler than you. And I, I'm going to talk about that in a second on AM 1230 WJBC. But news time. Meteorologist Joe Puma, mostly cloudy, a high of 32. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 24. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, high of 34. Friday, mostly cloudy, high of 38. Saturday, cloudy, morning snow possible, a uh, high of 38. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. Oh, guys, I keep myself down deeper. I won't stop till I get where you are. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, the first hour of my show, at least for now, I'm doing 2 o'clock. No one's told me, like, this is official. I just I just show up at 2 for now. I heard a lot of commercial from 2 until 6. Did you? That was a commercial? Someone yeah. ran that? Okay. Uh, was it me who voiced that? I don't know. It sounded kind of like you. All right. <laughs> did it say, did at some point did he say, Craig, because I think I did that recently. But it's not. Yeah. Anyway. He had some weird name. I think it was like Craig or something. Craig yeah. Collins. Yeah. Don't yeah. go any further. Uh, yeah. Blake Haas is my news guy in the 2 o'clock hour since I'm I'm doing this hour. So we hang out. We have topics to chat about. Uh, I mentioned this before the news. We went out on Saturday. Right. You and I, the ladies, uh, John Davies of mm-hmm. WBNQ is there too. It was a fun night. But I, I got ridiculed by everyone for um, one reason. We were at a bar. We were at Rosie's. And I rocked wine the whole time. Why do you go wine? There's several reasons I go whine. He's going to whine about it now. (laughs) See, now, and I'm not going to play the rim shot. There's a bunch of reasons. The first is kind of the most obvious, the easiest. Um, I don't drink wine real fast. You know, like, for whatever reason, like, wine and I 
are slower than me in any other alcoholic beverage. I, okay. I will drink uh, mixed drinks as if they're water, and I will drink beer as if it's water, kind yeah. of. And so in those worlds, there's more risk of, of over-drinking. You know what I mean? Okay. The yeah. wine is a limiting thing. It's not really a, a preference thing. But it's like drinking cough syrup. No, it's, it's good. Wine can be pretty good. It can be. You don't like it? A barefoot Moscato's good. The thing I get from the bartender, though, because like, it's a weird double-edged sword here. So like you guys judge me for doing it instead of something not that. And then the bartender judges me because I don't actually have a preference. Like when I go up there, I'm like, can I have a, a glass of wine? They're like, red or white. I go, I don't care. Most of the bartenders, when yeah, I say that, look at me. Preference. Right. You like, went on the rocks? <laughs> no. I, why would you put ice in it? No. No, not ice in it. Well, ice around the top. No, you don't. No. Ice doesn't go in wine. That's not a thing. No, it's not white. It's uh, salt. No, okay, well, salt is uh, margaritas and stuff. Right. That's tequila but and stuff. You, I don't know. You get wine, so if I'm you not on the rocks. <laughs> I'm not going to do that's, salt. That's a correct On decision. the rocks means ice. Do you not know that? Well, I thought oh, on the rocks meant the no, salt around no, the rim. No, a salted rim is a totally different thing. What's it called, then? Uh, that's just called the salted rim. Do you no. Want the, yes, it is. Hey, do you want the salted it's rim? It's not called on the rocks. Nice. Hey, hey Joe. Okay, this me, is the most fascinating. The Look, everyone listening, forgive him. He's 23 years old. Wow. He goes Ooh. to one bar in Clinton sometimes. Snappers. I'm just saying, 829-2345. I hate that I'm asking this question because I know 100% what the answer is. No. What does on the rocks mean? Does it mean... With ice, or does it mean what Blake thinks it means, put salt around the top of the glass? Right. You think that people, like, order all kinds of mixed drinks with salt around? Because on the rocks is a very common thing. Right. So you think a lot of people are adding salt to the top of their beverages. It's only for tequila. They only do that for tequila drinks. Okay, so let's say we're getting a margarita. Yeah. And they, they say tequila in you it. You want it on the rocks? On the rocks means with ice, or a slushy is no, the other one. you ain't getting Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. Let's believe. just continue our conversation. Here we go. I got a call. I got. A, I knew someone would call in. 829-2345. Uh, what's your name? Hey, my name is Tony. Tony, um, I hate that I had to do this, but Blake wasn't going to believe just me. What does on the rocks mean at a bar? On ice. On ice. Okay, it means on ice. Thank no. you, Tony, for the call. Would you know, it, is there a name for the putting salt around the, the rim of the glass? Um, I call it a girly drink of margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Anybody else call in? We'll make this a consensus thing. Right. We don't have to trust Tony, Blake. Yeah. We can have everybody 829-2345, or at least a bartender, tell us what it means to put... I get that you think that. Right. Because margarita is the most common drink where a bartender will ask. Yeah. But it's just because so many people like it slushied. They like it where the ice is blended. So that's that's the difference between on the rock. Yeah, you still don't know. No. You're not, not convinced. I got another caller. Uh, 829-2345, WJBC. What's your name, caller? John. What is on the rocks mean, John? It, it means on the rocks, but if somebody's going to order something, typically they'll order a single type of liquor on the rocks. Yeah. And then other mixed drinks will just have ice in it. And if somebody's asking for a margarita, you just say, do you want it salted? Do you want it salted? As easy as that. Are you a bartender? I was on and off for about 18 years. Okay. And so on the rocks to a bartender of 18 years means put ice in my drink, please. Correct. There we go. Mm, okay. nah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John, for calling the Somebody show. Somebody check the Blake rule is books. still not sure. Is the one bar in Clinton, like, does On the Rocks mean put well, salt on it? Well, they'll say, what do you want to drink? And I'll say, I'll take a Bud Light. And they say, you want it on the rocks? <laughs> and then they, they put the salt on the top. <laughs> I'm serious. I hope that happens. <laughs> it's Clinton. I, I need to go to that bar with you, man. I would be so happy in that yeah, bar. Yeah, that's what they say. Do you want it on the rocks? You know, you get it, salt. it would be cool if someone ran a promotion where all the slang, like, went rogue. Like, you don't actually right. know... 
Because a lot of us, we have to Google that. I know on the rocks because that's an easy one. But if you want to like impress a bartender, sometimes you Google the slang. But maybe you do like a, a one night only. The slang means something else, and everything's just yeah. a surprise. So on the rocks would be With salt, salt on, on the rim. Right. This would be Blake's. But uh, who rest- salt around the rim though? Actually, you know what? I'll, even though our first caller Tony said it's a girly thing, yeah, I will defend. I, I'm married to a Mexican. Yeah, I have a lot of tequila. We drink a lot of tequila, and when you're doing the shot specifically, yeah. that I don't hate chasing it and like getting a little salt or getting the lime. Do you put it on your thumb? Or the, do you put the on salt? The... Yeah, the salt goes right in between the thumb and the index finger. That's a snuff like pocket. Little... <laughs> Seriously. I broke that I in high know. school. I'm dead serious. I don't know what you just said. Because back in the day, this is a true story. My All doctor right. told me this. Okay. This this thing between your thumb and your index finger here, right? Well, you're doing. You're pointing to something it's different. It's called. Oh, okay. What's this called? Well, that's see. That's your thumb. The and bottom your wrist of your thumb and your, your wrist, wrist, right? Yeah. That's called. There's like a little pocket there. It's yeah. called a snuff pocket because okay. back in the day they used to put tobacco there. Yeah. And they used to. S- Right, right there, and sniff it. Yeah, so I, I don't put salt in my snuff pocket. <laughs> I didn't know I had one. <laughs> Everybody's that's I, no, because that's too. I put it in between the flap of skin here, between the thumb oh, and the that's index your chicken finger. Chicken leg, my yeah. chicken. <laughs> I don't know what this show. I got to take a break. A snuff pocket's a real thing. Google it. It's so off the rails. Yeah. Okay, wait. You know what? Fine. I ridiculed you for not knowing what on the rocks is. Eight two nine two three four five. Has anyone out there heard of the term snuff pocket? It's a real thing. This I'm would be a first you. for me. Even chicken leg, I've never heard that before. That one's made up. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank God. Snuff pocket's a real thing. <laughs> Somebody tell me that Blake's actually knows some things. I can't believe you thought on the rocks. It yeah. makes sense, man. It, it makes sense. Well, and you've only had two years of bar going. So, right. like, you know, yeah, 23. Yeah, legally. Well, yeah, okay. Don't say that because now it looks worse. What do you mean? You didn't know what on the rocks meant. <laughs> it's it's a we got to yeah. take a break. Someone call in, tell me if snuff pockets. Whoa, so many calls. Wow, this is going to be more popular. Uh, caller, you're on the air. What's your name? John. John, what do you want to say? It's actually called your anatomical snuff box. <laughs> snuff box. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> Thank you, John. So happy this happened. I'm going to take one more call. Uh, caller, what's your name? Jim. Jim, what do you want to say? Uh, what is he referring to as a snuff pocket? Jim, that was a great question. It took me a minute to get there. So it's, <laughs> it's not it's not the between the index finger and the thumb. That's according to him only a chicken leg. But when you when you like lean your thumb back with your the, your hand, like you actually push that back, your wrist makes this little indent between your thumb and your wrist. He's calling that a snuff pocket. And then uh, one of our callers said it's the anatomically correct snuff box. box. Yeah. So that's it, though, Jim. Have you have you seen? Can you make a snuff pocket? Is this is this in the Urban Dictionary or something? <laughs> I've never heard of this. You know what? It's a real thing. I'm telling you. I'm gonna Google it now too. I could Google, but why why ruin the fun? Right. Do you know Snuffbox is a TV show? <laughs> apparently, it's no. Not, it's apparently a TV show. I'm gonna play the theme song after this. This show is off the rails. Jim, thank you for calling in. I got to take a break. You're welcome. Right, have buddy. a nice day. Bye. Quick break. AM 1230 WJBC 2006. It was a comedy. One. Scene. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC, hanging out with Blake Haas for the first hour of the show. Blake, who doesn't know what On the Rocks means, and uh, Craig, who doesn't know what a snuff box is. That's the, we both learned something <laughs> we did, today. We did. We're going to learn today. The last the last segment was very edutainment uh, for both of us. <laughs> um, by the way, I did want to talk about the topic I was trying to get to uh, last segment, um, apparently in projections for alcohol this year, like right. what they're projecting to sell and how the, the industry is preparing for 2020. Uh, beer is going to be at an all-time low. 
People seem to think that beer is not cool anymore. Really? It's on its way out. So they're preparing to sell less and less beer in the industry. Uh, the biggest the biggest skyrocketer of growth is not wine, um, but it's only because this, this section was so small, and I think you probably know where I'm going, Yeah, the hard seltzers. People love these things. I don't know why it's the such a white big claw. Thing. I don't get it. I ain't no law when you're drinking the claw. I bought some white claw for a party I went to on Sunday, and like everybody was so happy when I brought it along. But really? I, I didn't care. It's white claw. Have you had the new Bud Light seltzer? No. Is Sel- that seltzer? Seltzer? Is, is that good? Seltzer or seltzer? It's seltzer. Bobby seltzers are weekend. Guy. That's there you go. He's a great guy. <laughs> seltzer. He loves the okay. seltzer. Yeah, I never had it. Yeah, I mean, I don't drink a lot of them. Uh, but that's the biggest growing market. Ready to mix cocktails, like ones where it's all the stuff in there, and you just kind of pour it. Or whatever those things are are supposed to be pretty good, especially ones in like little cans. Have you ever had like a little canned margarita? Those are not good. No. Yeah, not that uh, I, I always do a regular margarita, but if I did, I'd rather have it be you know created on the rocks than yeah. in the little can. Well, one time I did a bus trip here at did WJBC. You? Yeah, and you could take alcohol on the bus. So nice. I want to get the party going, right? Yeah. So I go and buy some Bud Light to take. I'm not paying any attention. I get on the bus and I got a cooler full and I I open it up. I'm like, man, this feels kind of small. And I'm drinking like one gulp, and I just start slamming. <laughs> but they're they're six ounce beers. Oh, you got little mini and beers. I was get, yeah, I was getting so many bad looks. Like, look at this guy slamming in. Like, right. okay, this is two gulps. Like, come on now. I don't know, but you feel like a giant if you get like the half can. You I know, feel like Hulk. Yeah, you're right. I feel like I'm a much, <laughs> a much need, bigger, need beer. right, a much bigger guy all yeah. of a sudden. Um, but so here we go, though. This is why I brought up this whole topic and what to prepare for. Uh, there is a comment that even though table wines. Like the most generic of ones probably won't see growth in 2020. The the red wine market specifically, along with these seltzers, is projected to grow because of health consciousness. People think that the red wine and the, the seltzer is the healthiest way to go when drinking. So boom, Collins at the bar getting a wine is now one of the cooler guys in the block. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Did, Did it, you it, ever have a grandparent or maybe your parents or a guardian mm-hmm. drink a shot before bed? No, I've never, no, no. You've never heard of that? Uh, okay, kind of. I mean, I'm Italian, so like sometimes there were multiple shots. Well, no, just like every night just take a shot. It's for a health reason. Well, I used to, if my aunt would watch, so this is not the answer you want. If my aunt would watch us, sometimes if she needed us to go to bed, she'd uh, put her finger in the, and like, give us a little bit of oh, so like she that's, and that's when we were little kids not good i know and i i i explained it poorly on the air and yeah. i just kind of showed blake but you you take a you're holding a glass with some alcohol in it right you dip your finger into it and you kind of just stick that in the kid's mouth that is terrible and, i don't know she made us go to sleep that way <laughs> that was my aunt she wow. would do it every once in a while and she'd be like hey craig go to sleep and then I'd, I'd be out in a few minutes that's but this bad. is when i was a little kid yeah. you only needed that so that's the only shot before bed I know about when I was when I was forced to take a halfy. <laughs> that's ter- or however much sticks in a finger. That's terrible. It can't be that much. That's not good. I'm not saying to not do for it. A kid. This is not a parenting tip. Right. But again, it's, do not it do this at home. Right. But it did work. Yeah. She anytime she'd do it. Anytime that like my brother and I were trying to stay up late, she'd be like, hey, these kids here, you go take that. Here's and Uncle then, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I was out. I was okay. Anyway, uh, no, I have never heard of the the full shot before bed thing. Yeah, my great grandmother who mm-hmm. lived to a hundred and three. Yeah, she used to take a shot before bed every, every night. night. Same same. And alcohol? I asked her. I said, "How are you? Like, what what's your secret? Because I want to know it when I get older." Yeah, and she said. Blake, you take a shot every night before you go to bed. And it would be like Jack Daniels or something really hard. But it was different. So she didn't yeah. She didn't have just one thing no, she loved. She, as long as it was a shot of 100% alcohol every <laughs> 100%. night. 100%. She'd just sling it. Not on the rocks, so. though. Gotcha. She'd just sling it and 
should go to bed. Like, how do you do that? hundred percent sounds like Everclear. That doesn't sound like the well, Jack Daniels. Well, that's gasoline. Okay, yeah. Yeah. She I was she going to the gas station and just pump that <laughs> in the mouth. <laughs> well, certainly knock you out. My aunt would do it with a finger. Get a little gas in the finger. Right, go to bed. There you go. <laughs> I just told you that. I wonder if people think that's as horrible as you do. Cause well, yeah, it sounds kind of bad. Just a thing. Um, it ain't that bad. Moving on, there's another topic in the news that I thought you'd like before uh, you move on. And actually, Neil's a... Uh, was a college student too, but you're currently still going to school. Yep. Um, there's a school in Minnesota that will be foregoing textbooks. They want everyone to go to digital things, so all textbooks will be eliminated, and the only forms of of assigned, you know, workbook, whatever for students will be digital. How do you feel about a college going that road? Well, here's the thing. Tonight I have a class called Training and Development with Dr. Mm-hmm. Leppert from Illinois State. I know he's listening right now. All right. So that's why I give him the shout. But the good thing he did is he bought the textbook for a class nice. and then photo- photocopied it online so I don't have to buy it. Well, so they, they say, the college says that the biggest incentive here outside of any sort of like bettering the society, the world at large by not having, it's, it's going to save students about 1300 bucks a year. The yeah. amount of textbooks that you wouldn't have to buy the amount of digital copies, and maybe it's going to be a thing where teachers just like you uh, said will provide some of this material for them. But for the most part, any and all material needed for classes will be physical textbook free. Here's something that I've noticed, too, is now all of a sudden it's changed where you have to buy an access code, Mm -hmm. and then that code is like $100. It's the same equals as a textbook, but you can't have any textbooks that were saving paper, (laughs) but you have to buy the access code that's more money to get the book online. Okay, I guess that's worse, because like yeah. a part of the reason that you'd, you'd argue that books are expensive in colleges and stuff, because they are really expensive, yes, they even are. when I went to yeah. college years ago, apparently. Uh, but they, they, the argument is partially that there's like such big books that probably there's a lot of production value there. If it's just a digital copy, yeah. like what are they doing now? Well, doing I know they're just, writing it. Yeah, but It's like Spotify, but for textbooks. Right, yeah. It, it should be cheaper. It shouldn't be more expensive. One last topic, and then i got to take a break. We've got some stuff coming up here in a, a couple minutes. Um, but a Vermont bill has been proposed that I I was entertained by. I don't know how you feel about this. Have you ever gotten custom license plate? Uh, No. Have you ever wanted to? Yes. Okay. Uh, when I was in Peoria, which I was there for about a year, I noticed there was a large amount of custom license plates. I don't know if that's a Peoria thing or a, an Illinois thing. For what, the casino? No, for the people driving around. They all had them. Oh. A, a, a larger amount of people than I'd seen anywhere else in my life huh. had a custom plate there. That's something. In Vermont, they're going to allow you, if this bill passes to add emojis as potential license plate characters. Oh. How do you feel about driving behind somebody and like even having to call in if something bad happens yeah. and be like, I got this guy, he's 5L6 happy face. Like, How would you feel about that world? Uh, well, what kind of emojis are we talking here? Cause any, this makes, any you want. This makes a difference. I mean, I'm assuming they'll, they'll, they won't allow ones that seem inappropriate. Provocative. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I would assume most of them are allowed. Any of the thumbs up, thumbs down, any of that stuff. Yeah. You know, no middle finger. I would assume that's bad. Right. Well, that right. could mean different things. It could. And um, I know that some of the, the objects have notorious pasts. <laughs> you know, I'm aware. I don't know if they would ban them just because kids are stupid and think things like you see a cucumber and you're like, ah, cucumber. What is that supposed to mean? I don't know. Nothing. I don't right. know what it means. Um, eating healthy. Uh, Eggplant. No, go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> I, I just I think that it's funny right. that this would probably be tremendously popular. Yeah. If this passes so. here and or other or other places, you know, like in Vermont. They'll tax it. Well, of course. You gotta pay for the fancy license plate. Right. That's always been a thing. But I can see a lot of young people, especially like your first car, 
Like a kid who gets his first car now, if you can add emojis to the back of it, the odds of that happening to me feel tremendous. Yeah, that feels like somebody, though, who, and I know they don't make him anymore, that drives like a beetle. <laughs> it's like, yo, like, look at my, I got three happy faces uh-huh. on the front. Like a beetle where they had the embedded flower? Yeah, you? yeah, on the front, I didn't like that. But uh, let's say, if what if you're sick one day, Yeah. and you get the green emoji? Right, there you go. Well then, but it's only valuable for some days. I'm going to take a break, though, because I, I had a beetle. It had the flower. I didn't. I didn't pick it. You had a beetle. I did. Yeah, I had a red beetle. Mm. I had. It was a stick shift, and I wanted to learn to drive a stick because mm. I hadn't driven one before. It was early on in my driving career, huh. and the beetle is what was available. It was a good price. Yeah. A friend of mine sold it, and so we got the beetle, and I drove around the beetle. What color was it? This makes it was, it, it was this? red. Mm, boy. And it had the little flower thing in the front. But I didn't use a flower. Did you put the eyelashes on the head? No, lock? no. Oh, I don't know. You never know. And I didn't put a flower in there. Oh, I wanted you have it to, to put be the flower. no. I wanted it to be a boy's car, even though even though it was a shared vehicle. No beetle is a boy's. So car. So I put a Yankee flag in there. It wasn't. It wasn't a flower. It was a little stick flag, and it had the Yankee banner on it. And it really didn't stay well. But I kept it there because I needed it to be a boy's car. You're weird. <laughs> Thanks, man. Quick break. They're weighing in. Cloudy skies with a few flurries possible today. Tonight, cloudy again. Stray flurries and areas of freezing drizzle possible. So be safe out there. A high, a low of 26. Uh, tomorrow, mostly cloudy. High of 34. Friday, mostly cloudy. High of 39. Saturday, cloudy again and a high of 40. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. After the news, uh, coming up in just a few seconds, I will talk about something that is not a surprise at all. I don't know why this had to be studied. Uh, it was studied in Ireland, though. People were curious who was better at reading a, a map, men or women. And the obvious answer is the one I will have for you guys after this. I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to be a jerk at all. It's neither. Obviously, neither one can do it, but I'll explain all the details that went into the study after the news. I'm just amazed we had to study this. Someone somewhere actually thought that maybe there was a difference. Someone was like, I don't know, man. I had this fight with my significant other, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I can prove it with science, because obviously the answer was no. Reading a map is not inherently a, a skill that one... Just Brian Walder, cloudy skies with a few flurries today. Uh, tonight, cloudy, stray flurries again possible, freezing drizzle possible, a low of 26. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, high of 34. Friday, mostly cloudy, light rain, snow showers possible late, high of 39. Saturday, mostly cloudy, a high of 40 degrees right now at radio bloomington it is 31 degrees craig collins show am 1230 wjbc hanging out with you guys all day until six o'clock uh all day i guess is until six o'clock to me uh, and then after me you got some basketball coming up on the show on the station so stay tuned for that illinois state will be playing evansville tonight uh, that's correct right i got that one right Yes, you do. Okay, good. Look at me. Look at me reading all the papers you told me exist now after weeks of not knowing that they were in here for me. Uh, 20 interesting facts about Super Bowl 54. Are you excited about the game? I think it should be a good game, yeah. I yeah. think it's a good matchup. And, I mean, with all the festivities that revolve around it, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I like that it's young quarterbacks. I don't know why I like that, but having so many years to appreciate Tom Brady, to appreciate you know these these grizzled vets that have been doing a good job, it's cool to have Patrick Mahomes playing in a Super Bowl, and it's it's just as cool to have a quarterback on the other side who's not a you know older guy and who knows Tom uh, pretty well in Garoppolo. So I think that'll be interesting in and of itself to just kind of you know watch and and. You know, see how that all goes. Well, I think two other people I've heard are just, it's kind of 
maybe refreshing to not have the Patriots in the in the Super Bowl. So yeah. I don't know, you know, different different matchup than we've seen in the last five, you know, ten years, twenty years, I guess. But correct. So, yeah. It's been nice to and the other thing that I'm seeing, which I kind of love a lot, is they are still cheering for a guy um who, you know, has had a long career and for whatever reason just just hasn't risen to this, you know, situation yet. Andy Reid. Andy Reid is like the one guy that everyone can kind of agree can consensus-wise, you'd like to see him win a Super Bowl. That's just a thing that's out there for whatever reason. People seem very, very pro-Andy Reid, which bodes well for the Chiefs, I guess, for whatever reason. But we'll see what happens there. Um, Here's a few facts, though, that I found. Uh, This is the first appearance of the Chiefs in 50 years. In 1970, they beat the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl IV for their first and only trophy. Uh, And several people seemed very excited about that very thing, including the the announcer for the Chiefs who, who made the call when they were back in the Super Bowl. Uh, are you a Cubs fan? I forget. I'm a White Sox guy. Okay, mm-hmm. and then you okay. Well, but you guys had almost as long of a drought that no one seemed to care about, and then you win one. Are you? Do you cheer then for somebody like the Chiefs because it's been so long? Do you feel some sort of connection to that team because of your experience? I don't really know if I have a connection with either. I mean, I get where, where you're asking yeah. that. No, I don't. For me, I don't. And really... I might only be cheering for the 49ers because, as I've told you before, I'm a big Purdue fan. Ah, and so yes. their running back, who scored four touchdowns against the Packers, mm-hmm. love that, was very happy. Uh, running back Raheem Mostert went to Purdue. So I don't know. Do I root for him because he's got some Purdue ties? Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I I guess it would be good. To, I really don't care who wins, to be okay. honest. You I, don't I care. It doesn't be, matter. It'd be good for the Chiefs, right, to get over this drought, but then yeah. you know, if the 49ers win, they've been pretty dominant all year. So. See, but here's the thing. The 49ers have been to the Super Bowl seven times now, um, and they've won five. So even though it's been a while, even though they haven't won one, since you, like you said, since like 1995 or something like that, it's uh, he's still a team that feels way more successful. It doesn't feel Patriots-level successful, but way more successful than the you know, the Chiefs. So if you're cheering for an underdog, although I don't really know that the Chiefs are considered an underdog, who's favored? In the I game? haven't even looked, to be okay. honest. Yeah, yeah. It, it must be close. Both teams, like you said, played very well all season long. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is kind of a wild card. And I, I can't wait for more and more people to hear his voice, like non-football fans, to hear the guy talk. Because it is unique. It is. I, I don't know. He's got like a... I, I should play some of his audio at some point, but it's a, it's a lower kind of Kermit the Frog-esque kind of voice thing. And you don't expect it to come out of his mouth when you first see the guy play, uh, but you know we'll see just how many people are fascinated by it. Do you think a lot of people are familiar with the sound of the Patrick Mahomes by this point? Maybe. I mean, he's been featured on you know State Farm commercials yeah. this year. He's been their other guy uh, along with Rogers. He hasn't been in as many as Rogers has been, but he's been in a couple. So maybe, but I bet you there's a lot of people that haven't heard him before. Yeah, uh, Andy Reid, as I said, that's one of the facts. He uh, will be in his 24th year as an NFL head coach. He made one appearance in the Super Bowl when he was with the Eagles. Uh, they did not win that game, though, so he is he has never won. He actually lost to the Patriots, 24-21. So Andy Reid is the bit Like, everyone hopes to see that guy. He's been doing it a long time, not making it, finally get over the mountain, and he would be the, the only real example of that uh, playing in this game since the quarterbacks are so young and the other players, marquee players, all seem to be pretty young. Uh, Garoppolo has ties to Tom Brady. He was his backup in New England for a long time. And honestly, right now, I bet you Belichick watches this thing Bill Belichick, the, the coach of the New England Patriots, very upset that Garoppolo is not on his team. And even if Tommy were playing for the 49ers in the game, I think Belichick right now would very much have preferred that they had kept Garoppolo and let Tom go. Well, I was going to say, if you dislike the Patriots and you want to dig at them more, right? I mean, the fact that they got rid of now a quarterback who's playing in the Super Bowl, right. and they, you know, 
realistically could have kept if they wanted to get rid of Tom. And, you know, maybe well, this comes back to bite them a little Well, bit. and a lot of people say he, it's not like he looked real good in the game that got him to the Super Bowl, and that's true. They didn't need him at all. Uh, as you said, your Purdue boy uh, scored four touchdowns and ran all over the place, um, and that's something the 49ers are pretty good at doing. But at the same time, Garoppolo is a good quarterback, a very good quarterback. And if he's needed, he will be there and available in the uh, in the Super Bowl. So I think it'll be a very different performance than the one you saw uh, to get him there. The 49ers have the NFL high of 57 sacks this season. That's the seventh team. Uh, uh, they're the seventh team in the last 15 seasons to enter a Super Bowl with more than 55 sacks. All six times that this has happened before, the team that's really good at getting to the quarterback won the Super Bowl. I just uh, That's one little caveat to put out there for anyone thinking about who to go with. Yes, there's a lot of different pieces in play. Yes, I think Mahomes is pretty good uh, playing on the run. I think he's a good scrambling quarterback. He, he's got a really strong arm. But at the same time, this has only happened so many times, and every time it's happened, that defense has, has found a way to help win that Super Bowl. And I was surprised by that stat. It's a, a dig-deep stat. It is, yeah. but we're still four days away, so this can change. I did find the line on the game as of today. Do you want to take a guess who's favored uh, or what, where it's at right I now? I feel like the Chiefs are going to be favored. They are. Okay, uh, just by a few points, like three? One and a half. Okay, yeah. not even three. No. Well, it, honestly, it goes with the bit. Like, people who think that that means that Vegas actually thinks one team is better than the other, you're wrong. Um, it's really just the way the voting, or the betting, excuse me, yeah. goes. Because if the betting gets too crazy on one side, you change the spread so that if you're Vegas, you never lose money. It's very smart, but that's really how the spread gets, you know, fluctuated so much. So I guess the gamblers seem to think that the better team right now is Kansas City, not necessarily the people making the line. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, is there a, uh, a an amount for the the point spread? Is that it's just one and a half? So if you cover, you're good to go. It should be. If I feel you, if you I feel great that. that way. I feel like I would I would bet that then I would go with the uh, the Forty ers in this situation because I'm expecting a really close game, a one point uh, game here. It, I'm thinking it should be close. I mean, I'm a little worried, though. Like you said, you know, that stat getting to the quarterback, that's what San Fran's done all year. I, if they get, I could see them getting up big in the first quarter and it just not getting close again, or it could be a close game the whole way. I well, the know. other thing that's been so weird about the Chiefs specifically is how poorly they play out of the gate and how well they play, you know, in the stretch for a game, how many points they put up in the second, third, or fourth quarter. So it'll be fascinating to see if, if, you know, they do poorly again. And if the offense for the 49ers, which will be uh, the lesser of their two strengths, gets, uh, you know, on the board a lot early because, I don't know, uh, out of all the defenses to try to come back against, the Niners is a tough one. That's a tough one to, to make a comeback against if the, if the Chiefs come out of the gate, like, tired again, which has just been weird that that's been happening because they're a very good offensive team that just doesn't seem to want to play until, you know, seven minutes left in the second quarter. It's a lot on Mahomes' shoulder. You know, they, it is. Their running backs have kind of been banged up for Kansas City. I don't know where they're kind of at, where they've had now, you know, over a week off. So if they can run the ball a little bit and then that opens up things for Mahomes, I, I, I hope it's a close game. It should be. Yeah. It should be, hopefully. Well, apparently it's going to be a one-point game uh, or so. Okay, we got to take a break. A lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJVC. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the commercial. Have you been watching the commercials that have been coming out? Not yet. Okay. I got one. I like it, even though I thought I wouldn't, because Boston is featured in it. But Free in your app store. Craig Collins, Joe on AM 1230 WJBC. Thanks to Steve for calling in and giving me his take on the game. And he agreed with us, Neil. He seems to think that, you know, if the um, Chiefs get down early, that's a tough team to come back from. So, And the way that they played Rodgers, uh, you're not a Packer fan at all, right? No. So you enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
the way they played against Rodgers uh, makes you think that they can contain good quarterbacks. So Mahomes might not be the difference maker he's been so far if, uh, you know, they're not exactly uh, doing if they need him to throw a lot and yeah, et cetera. Anyway, we'll move on. There's other topics. I, I forgot I teased this before the news. There's a study out of Ireland uh, that tried to demonstrate whether or not men or women are better at reading maps. And apparently, even though I didn't know this, there's like 40 years of scientific claims, not necessarily data, but claims saying that men have a stronger spatial cognition skill. That would be the skill that helps you navigate and understand your environment, you know, direction, etc. I would not be in this camp, even though last time I checked, I'm pretty sure I'm a dude. Uh, my wife is much better at understanding like where things are after we've been somewhere once. And I feel like that's just memory more than anything else. But I guess, you know, there's 40 years of assumptions, 40 years of some sort of scientific claims that men have a better ability to to just cognitively know the correct directions to do things in. Uh, and that same, I guess, way of thinking then applies to how you would navigate a map. Uh, they did a, a pretty intense study. They looked at the way that the eye responds while looking at a map. So this is the way that your eye kind of maneuvers the, the um, different things you're looking at, I guess. It tracks the, the moving of the retina, et cetera, and then kind of calculates your mental ability to find a direction based on that movement. So even before you're saying what ways to go, they were trying to be as intense as possible. Even before you can articulate, if you figured it out, they wanted to know via this study if men were just inherently better at this. And uh, no, <laughs> it didn't work out at all. The only thing that mattered when 47 men and 53 women were tested at Limerick University was IQ. The higher your IQ, male or female, the better you were at navigating a map more quickly. There was nothing else that, that gave you any sort of advantage in that world. So now there's an official test that can end that argument if you've ever had it with a significant other saying that they're just not as good as you. Although as individual people, I am not that good at this. So maybe that means my IQ is just bad. Is that what I just admitted on the air? If I'm following all the steps, IQ matters. Craig's not good at stuff. Uh, Craig got a bad IQ. I think that's what I just said on the air. No. I didn't even mean, okay. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, no, man, you're fine. <laughs> I thought my IQ was pretty good, actually. I did a, have you ever done an IQ test? A long time ago. Okay. It's been at least three or four years i don't was this one of those online ones or like a yeah, real one Yeah, no it was like online probably some i'm fake about website i'm about to mention my mom um and so i know that she's going to text about this but I, I remember a day i was in high school um, my one of my sisters was in college at the time and mom comes running down the stairs bragging about the iq test results she had on a specific website she's like look at this she printed it off she's so excited she was like this is the best iq of anyone in this family like she thought she could throw it down smartest of all of us finally Made all the kids take the test, too, which is a little, you know, I, I don't know. But that, that thing happened. Uh, you want to know who won? Let's hear. That uh, wasn't me. I came in second, though. <laughs> I came in second, Neil. I, I thought for sure. It was I know. I let it that way. My one sister graduated magnum cum laude from Notre Dame. She's a pretty smart human. But other than her, I came in second place. Everybody had a pretty good score, though. Higher than, like, we all, like, uh, came pretty close to, to the gifted area. So I would say I'm not sure that online poll can be tested, can be trusted, because, you know, every single one of us came out with an IQ much higher than the average human. And uh, I know some of my family. I don't know that we're all up there. You guys are just a smart family. Uh, I don't know. Give, at yourself, least, give yourself some credit. At least the one. But I, I also remember oh. my mom feeling sad when two of us got up there above her. And like that alone, I, I think that going back, I would flub it on purpose now. If I were to take it again, and I know that the end result reaction, I'd probably get a few more things wrong just because... 
uh, because that's not the kind of world you want to be in you well, know, every I'm, once in a while. I'm sure she was in the moment like, huh, well, they scored higher than me, but I'm sure then she was like, well, well look at that. I'm happy. I mean, my, yeah. my, I got some smart kids. I raised so a couple uh, smart kids. No, I think she said something to the effect of just Brian Walder. The rest of the day today is going to be cloudy skies with a few flurries possible, including tonight. Uh, there will be flurries possible, including freezing drizzle. Uh, a low of 26. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high of 34. Friday, mostly cloudy, light rain, snow possible, high of 39. Saturday, mostly cloudy, a high of 40 degrees. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. This is the Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. I like this next story um, mostly because I think I do this, kind of. And I think even Mark Strauss has called me out uh, for doing this. Early on when I meet people, and it's not always because I can't remember names. It's sometimes just because... It's easier to to call people by a nickname or something. I go uh, Bud or Buddy. And then I I keep doing it, by the way, long after I know you. Uh, You will be called Bud or Buddy by me far more often than I'll use your actual name. Boy, girl, it doesn't matter. I call everybody Bud and Buddy. I don't know why I do that. Um, But there's a company, Aviva. uh, They are a health insurance company, uh, among other things that recently sent out accidental emails to a majority of their millions of customers with the headline, Michael. They called everyone. <laughs> I love that this happened. It must have been some like silly computer accident or something, but they called almost all of their customers Michael, and people reacted. A lot of reactions actually spilled out onto the Internet, including guys uh, who are named Michael. And they said things like, thank you so much for doing that. I can't get anyone to call me Michael. Everyone always calls me Mike. But for the most part, this had to be like a little bit funny. Like, oh, man, does my insurance company know know who I am? And uh, obviously they've apologized for the mistake. They've said it's just their their template kind of thing, and it wasn't supposed to go out to everybody. Uh, but I love that idea. I, I love that idea if we could do that a lot more. And actually, obviously I do since I call people Bud. But, like, you know, it would be easier if you can just use a nickname and or, I guess, one real name uh, for everyone you know. I've made this joke before on the show. Uh, but I used to talk a lot about having kids, um, and if I had, like, more than one kid, I don't want to have to try real hard to communicate with all of them because I'm a lazy man. And so I'd name all my kids Craig, a la George Foreman. And I wouldn't even go, I wouldn't do what George did. He had some Georgettes in there. Girls would be named Craig. I'd go full, they could have a middle name that maybe people would call them by other than dad, but I would just communicate with all my kids as Craig. And the reason why is, like, you know, say somebody's room is messy. Neil, I'm not sure who made the mess. I'm not sure who caused the problem. But if I say, Craig, clean up that mess, one of them's going to get on it, right? You would hope so. Okay. Or, or they just sit there and don't do anything. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> like, my name's not Craig, damn it. They all get so mad. Well, And also, like, if I say I want, like, a snack or something, and I'm dad, I'm in the living room, and I'm like, hey, Craig, get me a snack, you get a bunch of different snacks if all the kids listen, depending on how many there are. Or, again, they just you know, maybe they don't listen, and then your snack doesn't come. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's probably a good I'm chance. I'm just saying if you have, you know, maybe the kids are a little, def- you know. Don't, Teenagers? Don't want to listen. Right. Don't want to listen to uh, what dad's got to say. And I don't I, it's, I, well, I say it that. it sounds like it should work. I say that jokingly <laughs> for the most part. Like, my ego is not so big that I name all my kids Craig. But there's a, there's a small temptation to do things like that. And so I do. Again, I love this story that they just called all their customers Michael. I think they should keep doing it. It would be like a little niche I had of a, the company. I had a friend in high school who worked at a Culver's and would wear a different name See? tag than his name. I don't. Yeah. And it wasn't because he didn't want people to know his actual name. It was just 
fun. He he found or he lost his and found the other name tag, so he just wore the other name tag. Yeah, they do that on uh, the TV show Superstore. Yeah. One of the characters wears a different name tag every single day, yeah. and there's something fun about that. But I mean, would you? Uh, if the company did it like tongue in cheek and silly, would you kind of like them over time if they just always called you by a totally like everyone was a Michael that walked into the store because maybe the CEO's name is Michael, a la the way I'd name my children. Over time, would you be like, oh no, it's just the it's just my silly insurance broker calls everybody Michael. Do you think you'd ever you'd find it endearing or would it just annoy? I think after a while it would be endearing. See, I mean, maybe, there you go. Maybe to start, you'd have some people that. Like these people that were angry, right? Okay, right, that might not be able to put up with it. So I don't know. Maybe you lose some people. But it's, here it's and quirky. There, but, yeah. We all want companies to be quirky now. You can't just be a regular company doing regular things. You got to have like a special niche. And then I'm more willing to to give you products. You know, more willing to give you my my dollars for whatever it is you're selling. I love the idea. Uh, moving on to other stories. Would you name? Wait a minute, real quick. Actually, I don't want to. Would you name any of your kids Neil? Uh, probably not. No, no, not even like Neil in the middle. No, no. Okay. Did you not like your name? No, I do. I got it. What is it? What's wrong? Tell me real quick, because I've, I've had this conversation before. Like, is Craig, does it look bad to do a Craig Jr.? Does it no. look like, okay. There's plenty of people that do that. There you go. It's not like it's you're, just, you know, breaking the mold here. Right. No, I mean, but just me personally, no. It's just I not your thing. Do a different name. Huh? It's just me. And so if you met a guy who had, you know, uh, three kids, two boys and a girl, and they were all named Craig, what would you think of that situation? Well, I might scratch my head at first, <laughs> but then... Like man, well, yeah. I, I don't know if they're gonna know who I'm talking to. Right. Yeah, I just sorry. well, but yeah, you know, that's that's fine. That's part of the that's part of the lovely uh, aspects of it. Uh, Peta is calling for Puxatani Phil to get to be retired and for a robot hedgehog, uh, groundhog, excuse me, to replace him. No. Uh, okay. See, I know that no was coming, and for the most part, I don't agree with like the whole like I think that I think he's fine. I think uh, Puxatani Phil going in and out of the hole. I don't think he's really upset about it. I think that it's a silly cause. For PETA to get more involved in, um, based on all the things they you know beg for, sometimes I think this is probably a, a hill you don't need to, to die on. At the same time, though, robot groundhog—that sounds cool to me. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're a little crazy in society, but if we go to a robotic groundhog, right. we've got some issues. Okay, well, I'm not—I'm not saying we do it for the the you know to save Phil. I'm not saying that he's got any reason, but just uh, the whole game is to see a shadow, right? Like that's all you need. Robots can figure that out. I would definitely go to this more willingly, more excited, if it were like an Alexa robot groundhog coming out of there. That, to me, would be like, yeah, this is 2020 now. Let's see what the robot does. Oh, I just, it's the tradition. It's I know. A, I don't know if I could get behind he'd it. He'd still have the little hat and stuff. Neil would be the, all the same things. He'd look like him. He'd just be a robot who, by the way, would probably be way better at predicting whether or not there was more winter coming. I don't think Puxatani Phil does a very good job. I no, think he's been. He's, he's, just, he's just there. <laughs> But, it's but still, Peter's upset. Yeah, they're so upset. They need him. You know, he's been working. On, don't they like change the groundhog? I don't think it's the same guy. No. I think they've moved. <laughs> I think I think it gets switched up. It'd be amazing. Yeah. If it was the same groundhog all this time. We're like, man, that guy's so old. But no, I, I think that they're well. Well, Peter is calling for it though, as they've done before, and because of technology, they're adding in the robot thing. So they didn't have me, but then they figured out a way to get me. Uh, I'm not going to be signing any kind of petition, but I'm not completely against the idea just because I think technology is cool. Uh, one last thing, and this, uh, I think I just said that a second ago, I'm going to do it one more time. Uh, this amuses me, even though I guess it shouldn't, because, like, the coronavirus is a thing. Uh, the odds of us getting it are probably terrible, uh, but it's getting worse and worse now in China, and more and more people are afraid of it. Uh, so British Airways recently had to ask people to stop wearing plastic bottles and or bags on their faces 
when traveling in and out of China because I guess people were just going rogue. They weren't getting like the little shield or any sort of like, you know, mask thing that was appropriately given to them by, by some sort of health authority. There's a bunch of photos on social media of people wearing like large plastic bottles and or bags on their head while traveling through air. And I, I don't hate being cautious, especially when going through areas where there might be more of this than anywhere else. But you probably can ask somebody to give you something appropriate and not go like the plastic bag road that so many criminals go. Well, maybe they're going to this because I've heard, too, some of those, the masks normally that you could wear that mm -hmm. supposedly it wasn't the right brand or it's not it's not going to do anything for you. So these people must have heard that. They had the mask. Oh, no, you have the wrong one. You could still catch it. And they said, screw it. We're going right to the plastic. <laughs> Just give me the plastic. Well, and in this article, it also says that some people didn't want to stop traveling to areas where, like, the there might be more coronavirus than anywhere else. And so instead of stopping traveling and instead of asking for maybe the correct things, they just went plastic bottle in their bag, and they're like, I'm good. This is enough. Do you think they looked that up, and they, they say, yeah, the plastic can uh, can keep you immune, but it, right. you, know, you kind of look know. crazy, and it's probably might not be the safest. Based on your explanation and the things I didn't know about, like, masks not working, I guess I would lean toward maybe yes. But if I were on a flight sitting next to a guy with a plastic <laughs> bottle on his head, I wouldn't have said yes then. If I looked over at the guy, and he's wearing it, he's like, hey, man, what's going on? I wouldn't have thought he researched much. I would have thought very differently of him. Be the most awkward flight. Right. Just, it's like you want to look at the guy the whole time, but you can't. Well, it's like, yeah. plus if he sat right next to me, like it's weird. This is not why he's wearing it. But I would start to think that he thought I had the virus. I'd be like, man, I don't have it. <laughs> you don't need to put the plastic bottle on your face to sit next to me. It's WJBC. Craig Allen Show. AM twelve thirty WJBC. Hanging out with you guys uh, until 6 o'clock. We got some ISU basketball after me at 6. Still got some Dave Ramsey, I assume, at some point in the evening, or at least uh, come back tomorrow if uh, that game is long and we don't get to any Dave. So don't worry. He's not off the schedule, but we have ISU basketball this evening. I like this story just because of how nice it is, um, because you don't usually have stories start the way this one's going to start that end up being like good deeds. They always wind up being the exact opposite, actually. Um, a FedEx man put a package on somebody's... Uh, uh, front porch. So this person had a ring camera. They see the ring camera. They see the FedEx guy bringing the package up to the porch, and then it stops notifying them of motion. It's like, okay, I got a package. Then all of a sudden, a couple seconds later, notifies them of motion again, which in most of cases means that someone else is trying to steal your package. But no, apparently the FedEx guy f noticed as he's about to put a, a large box on somebody's front porch that they still had a lot of snow. This is in Alaska, by the way. So they still had a lot of snow all over the place. So he goes and puts the box back in the truck, comes back with some sort of shovel or something I guess he has in there, and clears off the porch of snow, then comes back and puts the, uh, the box down again, completely snow-free. Uh, the video is then shared on social media, and it went viral. Uh, the teacher is her name. Her name is Jody Brooks. Uh, she was in her classroom when she got notified of all this and just thought it was like the nicest thing she'd ever seen anyone do. She said, I was wondering why there was so much activity at my house. My fiancé was away. Um, she uh, since said that since they live in a remote location, that they're usually not very good, not very diligent at, at removing things from their driveway, etc. because, well, you know, they're the only ones out there. Uh, so it's hard for the driver probably to even get out there. Uh, but the fact that he not only did that but cleared everything off was tremendously, tremendously nice. And the exact opposite, again, of how I said a lot of people expect this story to go. Uh, people on social media were writing things like, shout out to this guy. He shoveled my stoop a while ago. So apparently this isn't the first time he's done this kind of thing. 
Um, but then I, one of the other reporters that covered the story said that although we see many acts of kindness in all different places, uh, even up there in the Upper Peninsula, um, it was still surprising to see that he went to the extra steps. Uh, I shared it with some of my coworkers. This is her now talking to the to the reporting agencies. And she said uh, immediately because everyone couldn't believe it and it just made everybody's day. Um, way to go this human. Way to go this person to be a delivery driver who's like, you know what? Nah, this is all messy and I don't want to put this box down. It could be something nice, you know? So he, he goes back to the truck and gets out all the equipment he needs to clear everything off. I wonder, though, this is my question. And I don't mean this like mean. The guy's done it more than one time. So probably this isn't what it is. But I do wonder if he if he you know goes to this house a lot, and as she said, they don't really clean or clear the snow a lot. And in the back of his brain, maybe he thought it was someone who couldn't do it. You know, uh, maybe he didn't intend not that not that I'm trying to take anything away, but maybe he didn't intend to like clean off the stoop for somebody who just wasn't doing it. Maybe he started to think in my mind like, man, this one's never clean, and I don't know who's in there. And so maybe on the off chance that it's someone who's physically not able, that I clean it off that way because it doesn't take anything away from it. I just wonder, out of curiosity, and it's maybe because I'm a bad person, I have a bad brain, if when he found out like it was just a school teacher and a husband who weren't doing it, maybe he regretted it a little? I'm just curious. He probably did. See? I would think. Because if you're, if you're a delivery driver who goes to the same places all the time and you notice one is never getting cleaned up, I think most of us would start to assume that the person can't do it. You know? I mean, right. It's either that, and that's what you would hope it is, or right. they're just lazy. They're just lazy. Yeah. And then I know. And then, so if it, I guess I'm, all I'm saying is that if it were me, even though I'd probably feel good about all the praise and everything else, if I found out that it was it was two able-bodied humans who, who weren't getting the job done day in and day out, I might be like, man, I kind of, you know, I, I probably won't do it again next time I'm in the situation on the off chance that it is just, or maybe a knock. Maybe a knock on the door or somehow try to communicate with someone just to see who you're doing the good deed for. Does it sound terrible that I'm saying that like I double, I'd double, reconsider a good deed based on the neediness of the human? No, I don't think it sounds okay. terrible. A little terrible? It no, sounds a little terrible. Well, Let's move on. If you really think about it. I, well, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I start to get like, man, give me my favor back. <laughs> KFC is having tremendous success with their Beyond Meat Chicken situation, that they're going to be adding more items. The Chicago Loop. Uh, there's actually a location there that's just, it's going gangbusters, I guess, among among several other. So they're going to have new Beyond Fried Chicken things available in over 100 stores throughout the country because of the popularity of this. Uh, you'll start seeing it in early February. Um, and I guess it tastes, as people say, just like the, the regular stuff. And I just, I'm so surprised that the place having some of the most success in this world is a place like KFC, a place known for regular chicken. You know, like if I went beyond meat and I were a KFC, I probably wouldn't have chose the marquee product. You know, I probably would have gone off brand like my hamburgers. If they make those, I probably would have made those beyond meat. I wouldn't have immediately waded into the waters of like the thing in my name is now not actually chicken anymore. But apparently it's been incredibly successful. So they're going to keep raising. Have you tried any of this stuff? Not yet. But didn't you, you said a couple of weeks yeah, ago, didn't did. Betty make the the fake chicken she and made, you thought for sure it was real she made soy stuff she seasoned it really well neil she's a good cook she and she put cabbage in there but the way she prepared the cabbage it seemed like a noodle so she uh served oh, wow. me what i thought was like a noodle and chicken dish and then it wound up being cabbage and soy chicken wow. uh so yeah i know really good with the seasonings so maybe that's all it is here but they kind of look like like regular chicken nuggets if you look at what kfc is is selling the most of and so like there's not a lot of opportunity 
to overseason. There's the breading and then the the fake chicken inside. Yeah, but I don't know if they're you know if they're frying them up or not. If it's fried, I mean you know anything fried. Twenty three flavors to, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Hard they to mess yeah. that up. That's so true. I, I don't know. I do you think this will become more and more popular if places like this have tremendous success with it because it is. And look, I don't want to take any work away from farmers or anyone. I like real chicken. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, but do you think we start to see more and more of these products if they're as successful as the regular ones because it sounds like they're better for the environment to, to create in mass quantities? I mean, maybe it's like, but do, do we hit a kind of tipping point if like Chick-fil-A says, oh, we're going to uh, we're going to the fake fake chicken here right you know it's like uh, fake chicken like, only it's like really uh-huh it's like it's already so good why change it well and i wonder if it gets so prevalent like in society and so many people are like happy with the value of it that like they start having it on all the menus and it's one of like the it's sort of like when you go to the grocery store and there's a charity to donate to you know like right when you walk up to the cashier you're like i'll have uh, a six piece they're like do you want chicken or the beyond chicken and if it gets to the point where a lot of people are doing it you'd almost feel pressured and so I can see myself, much like at the grocery store, when I say no to the charity. I'm sorry. I'm so, I've said so many terrible things about my... I know. I take back favors if people don't deserve them. I don't donate to charity. I do sometimes. I put a dollar in the basket every Sunday at church. Just want to put that out there. But, you know, I would probably be one of the only guys who get looks at, looks like bad looks for still going regular chicken. Yeah, but I don't know. That's so tough. I don't. Right. I, you know. I just I, hope you, we never get there. You, I hope so. Dude. Okay. I hope we don't. Uh, I got to take a break, but I do have a caller. Caller, what's your name? Susan. Susan, what do you want to say? Let's look at the FedEx guy in a different way. Go ahead. So he doesn't have to justify who he's going to shovel and who he doesn't. Let's look at it in this way: that his company has been painstakingly getting this package. Oh, yeah. Recipient. So this guy, who's a wonderful guy, says, I want to make sure that it arrives to its intended recipient in a clean... Uh, right. Undamaged. Uh, so I'm not going to put it in a snowdrift so that the customer may or may not know it's there. I'm going to shovel this off so that when they receive it, it will be in the same wonderful condition in which I delivered it. That is a fantastic point. He's going above and beyond, not even necessarily considering how necessary it is for the customer, but because it's a better um, you know, service that he's providing. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Thank you for calling in for that, Susan. You're welcome. That's a great... See, but all of us have a... We want to figure out the motivation. Even Susan does. But I, I like her take. It's better than mine. Quick break. A lot more coming up for a newer used vehicle at the at a low price. Then Heller Motors in Pontiac is the place to go. Heller Motors loves to make their customers happy with its great selection, low prices, and outstanding service. Shop Heller Motors online at hellerstores.com. From the heart of Illinois, ABC meteorologist Brian Walder. Tonight, cloudy, stray flurries, or areas of freezing drizzle possible. Uh, that sounds scary, so be safe. Low of 26. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high of 34. Friday, mostly cloudy, light snow, rain possible, high of 39. Saturday, mostly cloudy, high of 40. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Um, a listener reminded me just before the news that I have a couple bits of uh, housekeeping that I have to continue to stay on. So earlier this month... I got fascinated with, like, stories of how things used to be. I love those stories. When somebody tells me about, like, how radio used to work and how much fun that was or, you know, even 
maybe ones where someone's doing a bit of a car chase, uh, but it's because it's a small town and everybody knows each other, so no one ever gets in trouble. Those things amuse me, and I'm sorry if people don't all love the ones that, that teeter on maybe being crimes, but to me, they're, you know, at least it's remembering something fondly that no longer is happening, so it's good in that, that regard, too. So I threw it out there. I said, whoever had the best story this month in January, I would, as to pay my respects as a millennial to the, to the age that was, I would go to your house and shovel your, your driveway whenever you want. You can pick it any time you want. I'll go out and I'll do it. I got a few really great calls. I got John to call in, Ted, which was a fake name, by the way. He still wanted to win, but he didn't want to admit his name on the air. I love that. Uh, Bill, there were several others. Uh, but there was a call from Sue. Uh, I believe her name was Sue. I think I'm remembering that right. Who didn't even necessarily call in for the reason of the game, but wound up telling me a story about her recently passed husband and how wonderful he was as a uh, customer service provider, a small business owner, to customers that he'd work with, how he'd go the extra mile to get to know people. And I, I felt that that was also a great story about how things used to be. Uh, so I would like to give the prize to her. And uh, one of the callers who actually gave me a story, I told him that I had mentioned when I started this whole thing that I'd throw up a social media thing and let people vote. Uh, but one of the other entrants, and there were only a few, was like, nah, man, just give it to her. She sounds way more like she deserves it way more than anyone else. Um, but so if the other guys who, the other couple people who had gotten in on this thing wouldn't mind also reaching out to me if you hear this by some chance and let me know if you're okay with it, I'd like to just award Sue with the prize. Um, and Sue's still got a call back in to tell me she's willing to accept it because, you know, I think when I first talked to her, she didn't love to have people come by her house. But I'm just going to stay outside, shovel the yard, get it all done for you um, because I loved the story of your husband and how much, how the great lengths he used to go to to provide customer service to his customers as a small business owner because really that is something that is truly also lacking. Maybe not with the small business world, but certainly there's a lot of bigger businesses who can improve their customer service. And I think that that's something we used to have a lot more of back in the day, a day when I wasn't even really around necessarily. So as a millennial, I wanted to pay respects to her. Uh, that is the first bit of housekeeping. The second bit is that Buck Stevens did the show the other day. He talked about the polar plunge uh, with me. And uh, I put it up on my Facebook page, but it was kind of a long post. So I don't think a lot of people got to the end. Uh, but Buck asked me after he was like walking out, he goes, hey, man, if you really want to raise more money than me, and right now my campaign's at like 100 bucks. His is at almost a thousand bucks. He goes, you got to go on air and like offer something. You got to offer to shave your head or maybe shave your face, and then maybe you'll have the the donation start rolling in. And Neil, I yes ended the hell out of that uh, while he was in studio with me, and then when he left, and I was like, you know what? If I can raise nine hundred more dollars or whatever amount Buck ends up with, and I wind up more than him, which I think is very unlikely, if anyone's entertained by the idea, I will remove every piece of hair from my entire body. I will go full board, 100%, nothing. Uh, as John Davies on WBNQ said, I will pull a dolphin and jump into the water completely hair-free on February 22nd. But I just don't think it's happening. I put it up on my Facebook page, and I don't know that you know a lot of people even read that far. But uh, that is, I have to continue to, to mention that because I'm, I'm willing to do it. I just don't know that people are willing to have it get done. Are you still going to Vaseline up? I don't know. Mom said to Vaseline up, which was very <laughs> awkward. Uh, and she said that mostly because she thought it would protect me from the water. So she was still being a mom. She was trying to keep me from dying. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, the Vaseline up is is out. It's If you want me to, if enough people say, 
that like I'm only doing this if there's Vaseline involved too, then fine. I just it's a very odd. I don't know why my brain does that. I can never hear something and not yes end it. I, everything I do is a yes end world, Neil. It's very bad. It's very very bad. If you ask me to go out for drinks and it's like one thirty at night and I'm fast asleep, yes, let's do it. And I'll bring a fifth with, so we'll do an extra one after. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I know, it's just who I am. It's the human that I am. I found this story uh, that I found fascinating, though, um, for several reasons. So there was a, a recent uh, look, and I guess actually this all stems from a, a study that was done in 2013, but a recent look at how, how damaging social media is, and more importantly, our smartphones, to our memories. And it's not the fact that our memories are becoming less capable. Uh, what, the dem- what the studies demonstrated is that because we are no longer focused the way that people who are involved in a moment are, we're, we're taping it, we're putting it up on social media, whatever we're doing, we're not actually living the memory well enough to retain all the little pieces of it. When you explain some of the best memories of your life, some of those best moments, you can usually add several additional details um, to you know, further demonstrate just how meaningful these moments were to you in life. But now, when at these big moments in your life, when you're, when you're scurrying to grab your phone, when you're scurrying to capture the moment so you can rewatch it, we're victims to what we capture and not necessarily the entirety of the moment going on. Uh, the study I referenced from 2013 was the first to really do a good job of demonstrating this. Uh, what they did was they asked kids to go to a museum, a, uh, an art showing, and they gave them all cameras. They asked some of the kids to do things like zoom in to different parts, different features of the painting, and really try to understand all the different you know things going on around. And they asked other kids to just take the photo like you would for social media, just the entire you know painting, et cetera, and uh, just walk away. And it was that heightened level of focus that kids who were still doing a level of recording of the event, but that heightened level of trying to look around and see all the different pieces of what's going on, much like you were if you were just someone living a moment, made you much more likely to remember the details of the event and not just be able to recall that you saw the painting when you see it again. It's so interesting to think that the way we now, you know, catalog our lives is through these digital places that we have. And when we go back to those moments, when we go back to the things that are captured online, we remember it the way we're now seeing it, as opposed to just having to remember it. So it's a kind of interesting uh, study, interesting demonstration. This all comes out of Fairfield University in Connecticut. And, and the biggest takeaway from the, the people looking into this back in 2013, again in 2018, and, and more recently, is that in those moments when you really notice that you're doing something special, I mean, this can be as, as obvious as like the birth of a kid or just anything. When something is happening and you're like, wow, this is a really special moment, you should resist the immediate urge to capture a photo. And you should try to just live in the moment and then maybe get a photo before everything's over if you really still need it. Um, because, because truthfully now, we're more concerned with capturing something digitally than we are with capturing it mentally. Uh, and I just thought that study was so interesting, and I want to share that. 829-2345. If you have a reaction to that, if you think that's wrong, if you're the kind of person that goes out all the time, snaps a bunch of photos, and they're like, I have proof that this happened, so maybe you're enhancing your memory, but you might not be enhancing your memory of events that, that matter as much to you. You might be remembering you know, your night out on a Tuesday with buddies, but you might not you know, have all the details from those special things because you have the same level of focus in both situations. Quick break, a lot more. 30 WJBC forecast. 
Mostly cloudy skies will continue for the rest of the day today. We can't rule out a few flurries or a couple of stray light snow showers here later this evening into tonight. Low temperatures tomorrow morning falling back into the mid-20s. Then mostly cloudy skies will continue throughout the day tomorrow. Maybe a couple degrees higher than what we saw this afternoon. But high temperatures only reaching the mid-30s tomorrow. More cloud cover on the way for Friday. Temperatures a few degrees higher. We'll see those temperatures in the upper 30s Friday afternoon. And we can't rule out a light rain or snow shower late Friday into Friday night. But for now, chances are low. More cloud cover for Saturday. We might start to see some clearing late. High temperatures just shy of 40. And then finally, some sunshine back in the forecast on Sunday. And will be warmer as well with high temperatures close to 50 degrees. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter. And that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much, Brian. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. I'm disappointed. Um, I had a Facebook page in college when it first was invented. And, Neil, one day I killed that Facebook page. <laughs> it died a very needed death. Uh, and I started a new one. This was a couple years after, like, parents and people started joining the social media platform. I decided to re-up. Uh, and at that point, I think you could, like, fully delete things. So a lot of things went away, uh, including Frosted Tips Craig, uh, which is a guy that I mentioned yesterday on this very show. Um, at one point in my life, I think this was after high school had ended, like maybe freshman year of college, I thought that it was a good move to, to frost the tips. You know, I just thought that it would be a cool thing. It might, I might have been younger, though. I don't totally remember. Um, you asked for photographic proof, Neil. Mom offered to deliver it. She delivered today, and it's now on the social medias. You can find it at facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. Um, it's a wedding photo from my sister's wedding, so it involves me and my little brother. And uh, I got curly hair, I got glasses going, and I got the full frosted tips. You can't really see because it wasn't a spike up, which is what I would try to do when I went out to be cool with the buddies. Um, but you asked for it, man, and now it's, uh, it's back on the Internet. That existed at one time, the first, like, first account, Craig. Those were out there more. But I thought I'd killed them all, and now I brought one back to life. It's hard to get rid of them. For they me. are. Right, I know, because they exist somewhere. That, but it wasn't digital. It was, I think it, the first Facebook page is very dead. It better be very dead, because I don't want that page to exist anymore. Um, but have you have you seen the frosted tips yet? Have you navigated to the page? Not yet. I'm, I'm, I wanna, I'm in the process. I want to capture the reaction as it happens live here on the radio. Uh, and I am. I you can tell my little brother is the guy to the left, and I'm the guy to the right. And I got the glasses going too. Like I said, uh, yes. you got there. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Very so uncomfortable. Wait, wait, what age is this? I I feel I thought it was like freshman year of college, but yeah. looking at it, I look younger. I you feel like it younger. might be you know like the tail end of high school. Um, but I could have sworn. I don't think I frosted the tips twice. I, I hope I didn't do it. I hope once was enough in that world. But maybe I maybe I went back for second helpings. I thought they were going to be more frosted. I, I really like, like even yeah blonder. I mean it's blonde. I mean it's in there. They're frosted. Yeah. I, I mean I went to a Walmart, Neil. I don't know what you were expecting. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go top shelf with well, my frosting. I just I I had an even like blonder blonde. Right. But no, it's blonde. Those, I, those I, are frosted tips. I imagine when I walked in, I was like the only person that ever got them at Walmart. <laughs> That girl was like, really? You want that done here? Okay. I'll go get something from one of the aisles and, like, figure it out. I don't know that that was a service they normally provided. And uh, that was, I had to shave the Fu Manchu, though. Like, if you really wanted to fully get it, the Fu Manchu would have been there, too. Uh, but that, That's a deadly combo. I know. It was forced off me. My yeah. mom is saying that's a 2003, so that would have been the tail end of high school. Yeah. 
Um, I think I might have frosted twice. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank God the second one's not out there then because I know I did it at Applebee's, and I'm pretty sure that was college. I don't. Anyway, we're, <laughs> I digress. I mentioned this before the news. Um, showbiz apes. These are apes that are pop up in movies, stuff, stuff like Planet of the Apes. Before it all was CGI, they used real animals. And so uh, someone got curious as to, like, what happened to all those showbiz, showbiz monkeys specifically, but a lot of the different animals that appear in movies, TV shows, whatever. Um, and I guess at least 53 of the showbiz chimpanzees and orangutans all live together in some sort of sanctuary in central Florida. Uh, they do that currently. And the weird thing about it, and I don't know if this is, and I, I am not making this up, I don't know if it's because they were once actors in Hollywood, like if they got the, uh, the creative gene or something, they all like to paint. So all these apes who live together in a sanctuary in Florida all paint in their free time, and all of them have appeared in movies and or TV shows, and so they're, they're all technically connected to the arts. And so some of the paintings are actually pretty good, from what I'm hearing. Way more sophisticated than me. Right. <laughs> Honestly, man, like they all get to retire real fancy. They're like regular actors. They do a few movies, they retire in Florida, and then they, they're Jim Carrey. They're all the same guy. That's, that's actually what he does now. And some of his paintings are very political, very interesting, but he's a fairly talented man. Um, in other news, uh, shifting gears, I've been on and off talking about Kobe Bryant uh, just because it's, it's such a shocking thing uh, that happened. And actually, uh, another thing, another piece of information broke yesterday. Uh, we're continuing to investigate the reasons why certain things happened. So, so that stuff is continuing to get reported. I think you've heard it here within our news and stuff or even on uh, Mark Strauss's show. Uh, but I would like to actually focus on something else. Uh, LeBron James has now shared, he was very emotional, by the way, on his uh, Instagram account, his social media pages, about this, uh, saying how hard it was for him and how connected they were. And I thought, they were, I thought it was so cool that these players at the upper echelons of the NBA specifically seem to feel like they're in some sort of brotherhood. Michael Jordan called Kobe his younger brother, and then LeBron called Kobe his older brother. And these would be the three best players to have recently played in the NBA, in my opinion. And they all consider themselves to be some sort of family. Uh, but so LeBron, after a game gets canceled for the Lakers, starts sharing stories about Kobe with teammates, some of like his favorite ones. And one of his favorite ones that made all of his teammates on the Lakers laugh a lot is back in 2008. Uh, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James were playing on the same Olympic team. Who was also playing on the team was a guy that would wind up being a Laker who had already been traded to the Lakers but hadn't actually started playing with them yet, Pau Gasol. Uh, Pau Gasol actually, excuse me, was playing in the Olympics, but he was playing for Spain. So he was a competitor. During the matchup where Kobe Bryant is playing Pau Gasol's Spanish team, he is playing a guy that has been added to his Lakers that will be his teammate in a matter of, of weeks. Kobe goes after him. I guess Kobe, like, you know, several times wound up trying to orchestrate it so that it was one-on-one, him and Pau, and, and destroying him. He ran through him, according to LeBron at one point, and, like, did a huge dunk. He, he just essentially embarrassed the guy on the court for an entire game. And everybody chuckled because that's how competitive Kobe was. And then it was the uh, uh, doctor who was a part of the team, too, the director of sports performance, Dr. Judy Seto, who goes, you know what, actually, Kobe did all that for those reasons, to motivate Pau, and it gets even worse. Kobe hung his gold medal that he won in that Olympics in Pau Gasol's locker, so when he showed up there for his first day with the Lakers, Kobe's medal that he won against the Spanish team is hanging in the guy's brand-new locker 
in Los Angeles. And it was all just to continue to push this guy to be better, to be a, you know, a stronger player. And it actually reminds me of a story I heard recently uh, about Michael Jordan. Because these guys, they just they find all these ways to compete mentally. You know what I mean? And not just necessarily against their competitors, against their, their teammates, against themselves. Uh, Michael Jordan created a, a feud. There was a player that was playing in the NBA, not a really successful one, who I guess had done well defending Jordan on like one trip down the court. Like he didn't even, you know, talk about it, nothing. He didn't he didn't he just did well. Jordan had a bad, you know, one one play. And so then Jordan goes back and starts telling all his teammates that this guy whispered some like really insulting thing to him, something like about his wife or something. Something insane. And everyone was like, Whoa, that guy said that to you? And then it became like a, a story in the news, and then this, this other player had to defend it, and then they wind up facing each other years later, and Jordan just keeps telling this story of this guy who insulted him, and then he had to like, and he'd go after him like crazy, the same way that Kobe went after Pow. And then years later, someone finally asked Jordan if it was actually true, and he finally admitted, nah, man, I made that up. I, just, I, I made that up to motivate myself. The same way that Kobe would be like, I, I destroyed my teammate just to make sure that he would try harder uh, when he was part of the Lakers. So all the method to the madness. Seriously. But it, it says something about like the, the type of competitor that these guys are, and it's actually something to be admired in a way because everything they do, every moment, the Mamba mentality that Kobe was so famous for that I think Jordan had also very much had within his DNA was to always be the best, always push yourself to be better. So when you hear stories like that and, and LeBron is sharing these things, and making all the Lakers laugh, you just appreciate how, how you know, incredible the talent was and incredible the, the athletic ability and the commitment to their sport was. And so it's yet another way to mem- uh, remember Kobe in kind of a positive way and not necessarily get ourselves in the details of, of all the... I, I still want to know. I want those investigations to happen. But I don't think we need to highlight it every single day. I think we, we need to do the best we can to you know, remember the, the incredible person that was Kobe Bryant, the NBA player. A quick break, a lot more coming up. UJBC. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, I got to take a break in a couple minutes uh, because we got Kim Commando coming up in just a few minutes here on AM 1230, but I wanted to hit a couple more things before I do that. Uh, one thing that I, fo- I found today that I thought was pretty interesting, is that people are, are absolutely annoyed by restaurant music. The consensus is that music does not you know, aid as much as it distracts in, in most restaurants. I don't know that it's true about all restaurants. Uh, they actually interviewed people out of New York City, specifically, so we're not you know, taking anyone down here or even in Chicago. This is all out of New York. Uh, but what was surprising about this recent survey was the consensus number one, far and away, the number one reason why people hate music at a restaurant, uh, and I could even let you guys guess eight two nine two three four five or Neil, you could take a shot at it. What do you think was was the far and away number one answer as to why music is so annoying in a restaurant? I don't know. People start singing it or something. That would be awesome. I <laughs> dude, I, there's this new TV show, Zoe's Infinite Playlist. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I've not. Okay, it's a new TV show on, on NBC. She has like a medical thing go wrong, and she winds up with a weird superpower. She can hear people's inner thoughts, but they sing them to her. Hmm. Like they do little like Broadway performances on the street. They don't know what's happening. She's almost like having a, a momentary, you know, delusion. And then everything snaps back to reality. If that were a world I could live in, I'd love it, man. And it doesn't even have to be like I just take Broadway musical. 
You know, like if everybody but me operated as if we were part of a Broadway musical, it'd be fantastic. So I wish that were the number one answer, but no, it is not. Some of the answers that didn't also make number one but were added to the list, poor sound quality, disliked artist, sometimes explicit content. Uh, by the way, that actually happened to me recently. I walked into a, um, what was it, a, a Special K, like a little store I was getting gas, and I walked in to like get a, get a sandwich or something, some kind of bad food that I shouldn't be eating in there. Because uh, gas station food is not, that's not a good move. But it's but delicious. I know, and I was hungry. And I walked into one, and it's, it's a little special. It's not like a big one. Um, so the person working, I think she was playing her own playlist and maybe didn't expect anybody in because it was a little early in the morning on a weekend. But that guy, it was, a, it was a very much explicit rap song that was happening over the little PA in the store. And I was like, man, this is, uh, I'm not offended by this per se, but this is bold. This is working alone. And knowing that there's people there. But, uh, yeah, that's I can't believe that 14% of people in New York have had that experience, too. You walk into a store and you're like, man, that's a, that's not the clean version of that song. Yeah, and a good way to start your day. Right, exactly. Like, wake up, morning, <laughs> good morning, Craig. You got rap music with a bunch of curse words happening, and you're eating a sandwich from a special K. That's going to be a hell of a day. Um, political incorrectness was another one that was on the list. Uh, drug and alcohol references, all things that, okay, come on, some of these are in songs. But the far and away number one answer 86% of people surveyed said the music's just too freaking loud. It's just way too loud anywhere, almost everywhere you go. And I do agree with that for the most part. There's a couple places that definitely get it right. One of them is Rob Dobbs. I did an interview there, recorded a conversation with microphones, shot video, and even though music was playing, you can barely hear it. Uh, and that's, that's fantastic. Rob Dobbs does a great job of adding to the atmosphere but not beating you over the head with the music. But a lot of places don't get that right. Uh, especially Starbucks now. And I don't know if that's strategy, man. I, I really wonder if they're playing it louder because they want you to get the hell out. I don't know. I mean, could be. I'm curious. Like, do you think that's an effective procedure? If people are this annoyed by it, and I'm a researcher with a restaurant, and I'm like, man, how do I turn my tables over a little bit quicker? Apparently, that's the way to do it. But then you might not have the customers come back. 86% of people. I'm trying to think of any loud restaurants I've been in lately. Here? Like, with loud music. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Think yeah, of any I've been in recently. It might be more of a unique problem in big cities like New York, but yeah. the second answer, the poor sound quality, was only 21%. So far and away, 86% is a much bigger number of people who just hated the, the loudness of the music. Uh, so if you are thinking about going out and you need a place to go that's not going to make you mad because the music's too loud, I suggest Rob Dobbs. Uh, quick break, a lot more coming up. Brian Walder, tonight, cloudy, stray flurries or areas of freezing drizzle possible, a low of 26 Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high of 34. Friday, mostly cloudy, light rain, snow shower possible, high of 39. Saturday, mostly cloudy, high of 40. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 30 degrees. This is the Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. I'm going to play. I can't believe I'm going to play this. I find this funny. I don't want to find this funny. It's a, it's a Boston accent commercial. It's a commercial you'll see at the Super Bowl. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. Uh, but it's the Hyundai Sonata commercial. And uh, all the actors in it are from the area, and they're all doing their, their hometown accents, whether it's real or not. That would be Chris Evans, Rachel Dratch, and John Krasinski. Uh, take it away, guys. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car. Is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty mess, all right? <laughs> I like that smart. Look who's got smart pack. Smart pack. Just hit the clicker. Car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. 
And I could pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it <laughs> and then unpacked it. You okay, see, I think that's funny. Do you think that's funny or is that like a... a Culture is that like an East Coast thing? No, I think it, you can't go wrong with a good Boston accent, right? I, honestly, and they keep saying the pock the cop because like that is the the stereotypical. If you want to test out your Boston accent right now, you're sitting by the radio. You want to do it here eight two nine two three four five. You want to call in and do it like that's the sentence you say, uh, Neil. If you want to try out that Boston accent real quick, you just say pock the cop. I, I don't know how good I am in the. Uh, see, I got to get more East Coast in me. You, okay, I enjoyed listening to one. Gotcha. You don't want to try. You don't even want to feel it out a little bit. You don't even say "ka," "pak the ka." You don't want it, none of it. Uh, where do you rate your Boston accent? On Not a, as good on as my a, New York, New, uh, my New York one. No, your obviously. New York's pretty good. I've, well, yeah. Well, it's only because, like, you know, I'm from that area. So right. you know, every time I go into that accent, and the, the biggest thing about that, the thing, like, I would love to do the whole show like this. I would love it. The only thing about it though is when I hear anybody else try to do the accent, it makes me a little bit mad. But I'm not from Boston, so that's why I'm saying eight two nine two three four five. Go ahead, call in and give us that one. But if you guys a New York accent, it's not good. Oh, you're off the show forever. I just want to say that. It's just a thing. It's a little bit of a thing. My family might come out. It might be a whole, I don't want to do it. You know, you don't want to do it either. We're, we're Italians. We're from the East Coast. I think you got to do a whole show like that. <laughs> you have to. I, sh- I would. There, I used to be on another radio uh, station back in the day, and they would have me come in as the wise guy correspondent. They thought it was so funny. They're like, whenever we have anyone in the news that's a criminal, how about Craig comes in, he does his New York accent from, from you know, the Italian New Jersey guy, whatever it is, and he'll just give us the, the details of the horrible crime in the accent of a guy who sounds like he's about to commit one. And for whatever reason, people seem to like that. So I guess that could come back. If we really want to do that. They're not violent crimes. These are always like stupid people ones, but I don't know. I feel like a chimpanzee then all of a sudden. <laughs> I, th- I think it's pretty good. Okay. Well, it's well. of course, it should be. Uh, my grandmother would beat me for two things. <laughs> she would beat me for being incapable of doing an East Coast accent, because that's where I'm from, and she would beat me if I ever said no to her meatballs unless I was being punished and they're taken away from me. Her meatballs are the best thing on this planet, man. If you had a meatball from my grandmother, which she always has, and I've talked about that in the show many times, but in any situation, my grandmother has a meatball. I, I don't care where you are or what you're doing. If you start to get a little bit peckish, if you're like, you know, in the middle of the, the opera, you're like, man, I really, I should have hit dinner. Grandma, if she's sitting next to you, will be like, you need a meatball? And he, she got one right away. And she's got that deep East Coast accent, too, in her. So it's just beautiful. But she's a wonderful Italian cook, so she's the best of all the worlds. That's what I'm saying right here on the show. Now I want a meatball. You should, you should at all times. It, honestly, at any time, if you reject a meatball from my grandmother, she will just crushed. And she'll also think you have no taste because you should always want one. She could wake me up at 3.30 in the morning on any day. I don't care where I have to be and when. She could look me in my groggy face and say, Craig, you need a meatball? And I'd say, absolutely, Grandma. Do you have, like, I don't even need any of the utensils. I'll just take it with my hand, eat it, and then go back to sleep with sauce everywhere. Who doesn't want a 3.30 meatball? Come on. (laughs) No one in my family. (laughs) Everyone in my family knows the right answer. I don't know why my grandmother would test me like that, but the right answer is, yes, Grandma, do you have two? Um, moving on to other, I don't know why that all just happened. You don't have any accent you want to do before I, I totally not, shift gears? I'm, I'm terrible at accents. Do you, I wish, do you I even wish do I the better. Chicago one? No. Oh, wow. No. Wow, okay, you really are. You're steering out. Do you do any, uh, you do any uh, voices? I'm not talented in that okay. regard. Okay, all right. I do some voices, too. Eight two nine two three four five. Let's see. If you call in and guess one that I do, I'll do it on the air. Um, the coronavirus, that's something else I want to talk about on the show. But I want to talk about it because now it's getting kind of hilarious uh, more and more people on social media, more and more people on the Internet 
think that the coronavirus virus is somehow tied to Corona beer. Have you heard this? I have. They, they're tweeting it out on social media at a, at a ridiculous rate. They're also Googling it. They're Googling Corona beer virus or just actually forgetting Corona and typing in beer virus. Those searches have skyrocketed over a thousand percent, which leads me to two conclusions. One, of course, a lot of people are are misunderstanding it. But two, some people were searching it before. You know what I mean? Like it, it can't it would have to spike hundreds of thousands of percent if no one had ever typed into Google before Corona beer virus. But for whatever reason, it was already getting searched. It's just being searched far more heavily now than ever before, which to me, like, what was the other one? What, why would someone go there before this virus and be curious about a Corona beer virus? Do you think these are people traveling to, uh, you know, the, the great country below us and maybe getting a little sick during a party? It sure could be. Okay. That's what I thought. I have some tips for those people, too, by the way. I've been to Mexico many a time and been sick there many a time. Um, there's certain things you should do and certain things you shouldn't do. As an American, never drink water in any format whatsoever that includes ice. Stay away from all water. I don't know if you've heard that before, Neil, but that is absolutely, I can confirm, that is a smart thing to do. An additional thing to do, and this is just me maybe, more so than educating the entire audience, I love something called elotes. Elotes is the Spanish word for corn, but the way it's prepared in Mexico is with like a whole bunch of stuff on it, cheese. Have you ever had Mexican corn? I have. Like with everything? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so delicious, right? Mm-hmm. And if you get it there, it's like you're authentic as, as everything. Do not get it at like a random festival, though, or like a carnival that happens in town um, because you're wading into very difficult waters. I mean, I think we would know that here in this country, right? Like the, the carnival food is risky in general. Well, but still, sometimes sometimes you just got to get it. Well, you, know? you got And like an elephant ear, like what could they do wrong? Like how many viruses could they throw in that? That's really just like a fried donut. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not a lot of things. Yeah. But the, the um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking about this. It all spiraled. The, the corn has a bunch of different things in it. I had one at a carnival in Mexico with Betty and three of her friends, her college friends. And the, the thing I should have noticed when I wandered my way up to that cart, Neil, none of them were interested at all. Really? Uh, four people from Mexico were like, that's going to make you real sick. Like, it would have made them sick. It's not like a water thing anymore where we're just not used to, like, their, their stuff. It was no one in the party Thought that it was a good idea for me to go that road, but they just looked so delicious. They didn't give you any warning? They gave me several warnings, oh, Neil. okay. They tried to hold me back physically. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I really want an elote. I said, screw it. Let's yeah. try it out. And the next day was a historically bad day for one Craig Collins. That was a day I don't want to live again. And that might be why. I mean, after I woke up that morning, if somehow in my, because I wasn't really intoxicated, but in my, like, very ill memory, I had pictured a corona being involved. For that reason and only that reason, might I have might I have Googled Corona beer virus before the recent, you know, misunderstanding of it. But man, that was a day that uh, none. You're listening to the Greg Collins Show on WJBC. I am not a homeowner. I hope to be a homeowner someday. I lived in Chicago for a lot of years, so we had apartments the whole time because homes there are expensive, uh, but they're not this expensive. Um, the most expensive home. In the United States, probably in the world, or at least one of them, will soon be going on sale. Uh, the name of the person who created the home is Niall Nyam. He is a former movie producer who's turned into a, I guess, construction person of some kind. Uh, he nicknamed his project The One, and he started it seven years ago. It is a 100,000-square-foot mansion in Bel Air, California. 
It has a price tag of $500 million. It's not a, like, Dr. Evil quote. He actually wants to gain $500 million from building and then attempting to sell this ridiculous home. It is replete with a nightclub, four swimming pools, a bowling alley, a 360-degree vista of uh, sun-draped Southern California. The symbol of America's latest uh, age has generated a flood of media coverage since the price was announced in 2015. But it's not necessarily on sale yet because it's still under construction. It's gone through permit problems, construction delays, financing issues. He kept uh, running out of money and just waiting to keep going. And it also raised questions as to whether anyone needed something this ridiculous and if he'd ever even finish it. But now that it's very close to done, uh, the builder says, like, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be available soon. When asked about the price, Neil, because $500 billion's a little steep, no matter what what's inside the home, uh, he said this. He said, when you have something that's as rare as the Mona Lisa, you can command whatever you want for it. Do you agree with that before I even continue reading what else he said? I mean, partially, but not, I mean, right. come on, like who, this is kind of wild. It's got a nightclub, four swimming pools, a bowling alley, and a 360-degree view of, of California. So, yeah, it's fancy, but 500 million bucks? He went on to say, when the house was started, I had no basis to ask for 500 million. I couldn't finish that without laughing. Of course you didn't. Now that there are so many triple-digit sales in L.A., though, and he put all the stuff in that he did, he said, in the world, uh, and the world that the asking price is not unreasonable anymore. So he thinks that because there's been so so much uptick in the housing market that this price is completely justified. Um, some of the other people, you know, involved in potentially selling the home, appraisers, etc., have said things like the problem is the more amenities you add to a home, the more you personalize a property. Even though the intention is to draw eyeballs to all the really cool things going on, you also personalize it way too much, which may reduce the size of the market pie. It's a very, very tight market for this home. No crap. It's a tight market. Would you want, first and foremost, actually, would you want a nightclub in your house? Is that something you'd ever want? Like, I know if you throw a lot of parties or if you're the kind of person that goes out a whole lot, it might be cool to have that at home. But there's a whole lot of reasons why everyone else that owns those, they don't put them in their own homes. They put them in separate separate properties. And if, until I was like 30, yeah, like right, right. now, sure, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Okay, fine. A 23-year-old Neil would be down for this. See, this, I told you before, if I ever won like a ridiculous jackpot, I would know how to waste it. This is one of those examples of how you waste a huge lottery windfall by dropping $500 million on a house with a, with a whole giant thing in it. Uh, would you open it all the time then if you had the nightclub? Or would you just do it on special occasions? I mean, at first, it might be kind of a little silly scene. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it'd be open quite a bit, but then I'm sure that might dwindle down. Gotcha. What would you call your nightclub that's in your house, Neil, if you had one? Would it just be uh, Neil's, pl- Neil's Place or something like that? Or you go you go crazy? Uh, I'm trying to, like, dance, you know, Doyle's Dancing See, something. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, like, Doyle's Dancing Den would be where you'd, everyone would hang out like that well den kind of sounds like it should be in a house anyway so i kind of feel like you're playing on the fact that you now have uh, this is ridiculous Doyle's dancing den where are we going we're going to triple d's tonight <laughs> come on <laughs> we're hanging out bro where is triple d's it's, uh, it's around this walter and this is ram 1230 wjbc forecast mostly cloudy skies will continue for the rest of the day today we can't allow a few flurries or a couple of stray light snow showers here later this evening into tonight 
Low temperatures tomorrow morning falling back into the mid-20s. Then mostly cloudy skies will continue throughout the day tomorrow. Maybe a couple degrees higher than what we saw this afternoon. But high temperatures only reaching the mid-30s tomorrow. More cloud cover on the way for Friday. Temperatures a few degrees higher. We'll see those temperatures in the upper 30s Friday afternoon. And we can't rule out a light rain or snow shower late Friday into Friday night. But for now, chances are low. More cloud cover for Saturday. We might start to see some clearing late. High temperatures just shy of 40. And then finally, some sunshine back in the forecast on Sunday. And will be warmer as well with high temperatures close to 50 degrees. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter. And that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much, Brian, for that forecast. Right now it is 30 degrees at Radio Bloomington. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. That's right, Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Hang out with you guys for another 30, 25 minutes. Uh, 20 minutes. I can't even do math right now. And then you'll eventually have some ISU basketball, so stick around for that too. Maybe some Dave Ramsey down the evening, depending on how late the game goes. Um, we all think sometimes that like gun control, gun bans, all that stuff is bad here in this country, or it could be bad. But at least we don't live in Australia. <laughs> the reason why I say this is because since 1998, for some weird reason, uh, Australia has banned a very specific, very entertaining gun. And I use air quotes when I say that. The t-shirt cannon. The t-shirt cannon is completely banned in Australia, many a sports fan upset about this. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, experts have recently even said that, well, I guess a T-shirt cannon might be something that could in some way be dangerous. A very popular sport there, cricket, uh, has balls going into the stands often, and it is far more dangerous to be hit by a cricket ball than it is to be hit by any sort of T-shirt cannon in the face. So the T-shirt cannon completely banned. In Australia, did you know that? No, that's how kind of devastating. Shocking. Have, right. you ever, have you ever caught a T-shirt out of a T-shirt? No, uh, nobody shoots one at me. I beg. <laughs> I, I literally beg. I look like a person that like needs change on the subway nobody. as soon as they come out, and no one cares. Nobody shoot what shoots. He doesn't. One at me. Not even close to me, Neil. You've I get never no been chance. Close even? No. Uh-uh. I, mean, I don't think I've ever gotten one, but I've have had chances. I mean, I've in the vicinity at least. Really, it's bounced off like the hand or something, maybe. Uh. I had one where I reached, and if I had another hand length, I think I would have caught it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I only had that happen once with a foul ball, no, never with a T-shirt cannon. By the, like, the T-shirt cannon is the most fun thing uh, because when you have bad seats to something and you see like the little people run out on, on court and they're like, yeah, we're throwing away T-shirts, you're like, zero chance for me, and then out comes the mascot with a giant cannon? Like That's the most thrilling moment, and he never aims low. He's always shooting at people. Like It's, it's the most harmless thing i've ever seen i can't believe people are afraid of it uh, but the only time i've almost caught anything at a game was a foul ball at a yankee game and to this day uh, it hurts the team neil it bounced off the hand i've had a couple foul ball opportunities i've i've gotten a, a ball at a game before there you go wasn't a, i mean it was during batting practice and i've i felt bad because i was in high school guy was tossing it up from the outfield he was just shagging balls and this Girl was probably in high school as well, was calling for it, so the player's tossing it to her. I'm standing next to her. I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to get it. It goes off her hands and ricochets back towards the field, mm-hmm. and I was paying attention enough, so I reached out and I grabbed it. Got it. After she, it again, bounced off her. Right, you let her try. And I'm like, well, I got it, so I kept it. I didn't <laughs> give it back to her. I'm like, I'm going to keep it. Right, she had a chance. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've, I've never gotten a ball in any situation. I was very sad. The one that bounced off my hand, I blame Betty to this day. 
It flew up into the air. It was flying over us. And as I'm leaning, similar to your situation, it seems like it's going after her, not me. Betty is cowering in the position of fear. You know, she's not going after anything that's an object in the sky. And as I reach for it, she turned to me for a hug as like extra protection. And I swear to you, Neil, to this day, moved my hand ever so slightly. Ball bounces off. And then some kid next to me got it. His child got it. So it's fine. But I was I was this close. It was in the hand. And I will blame Betty forever. Yeah, it's a tough one. I know, but I understand. She obviously she feels like I protect her in those situations. So like a good a good thing came out of it. In the moment of truth, it was demonstrated that like she she would run to me at times of danger. I run away from her, as you learned earlier in the show. I don't want to I don't want to go over that again. Uh, but no, like the T-shirt cannon ban, like this is the silliest thing. Uh, the only other uh, point referenced in this article that I found about how Australia does not allow these is there's only been one injury and or you know death from a t-shirt cannon and it's not an actual story it's a fictional story Hmm. from the simpsons do you know how ned flanders wife ended being on the show Uh, t-shirt cannon really yes yes maude was taken out at a game by a t-shirt cannon and so people are asking and have been asking on australia's social media if like maybe it's maude's law and they're just doing it in response to the fact that ned flanders is the victim of a, of a T-shirt cannon and gone wrong, and so now you can't do it anywhere in Australia. Well, but it's the, it's the strangest thing. It makes sense, I guess. It, well, I guess so. I mean, yeah, maybe whoever set the, the law in the first place was just a huge fan of Ned, like the oddest character to like from The Simpsons, but maybe. Maybe it's a thing that happened, and they're like, nope, we're done now. No one can have fun. Um, it, speaking of fun, th- speaking of sports things, if you're hosting a Super Bowl party, I also found this article on Fox News today. These are the six tips for cleaning up when the event is finally over. Apparently, there's going to be a lot of things that happen during the, uh, the, you know, the whole party. And so step number one, and I like this step the most, air out the room, it says. <laughs> Immediately, it doesn't matter that it's cold, that it's this time of year. When all your friends leave, if you threw a big party, crack some windows, open some like airways, and try to get all the smells that are in that room out because that's going to be the thing that lingers most. Writing that down. Yeah, I mean, come on. Right. You got to get a little fresh air in there. Although, honestly, man, like if you're the kind of person that likes all those smells, you wouldn't hate it if it lingers for like a day. Uh, but I guess airing it out is step one. Dealing with the leftovers then becomes step number two, because obviously, you know, as you're airing the room out, you also need to move the nachos and the pizzas away. Uh, and it gives several tips for how to do that eco-friendly. But uh, look those up in your own. I don't want to give all those out. Essentially, just save it all, though. Right. Like, if you threw a party, even if there was a massive amount of leftovers, you wouldn't immediately trash anything. You got to try. Well, no, yeah. Keep it, or if it's, for some reason, way too much, I don't know, like, do you bring it to work on that Monday? And, you know, say, hey, we we got a bunch of whatever leftover cookies, whatever, I don't know. Correct. You don't immediately turn to, like, eco-friendly get rid of this stuff. No, you, you store all of it. You fill the fridge with all the leftovers if you have to. And then if you're me, you know, you commit to eating as much of it as you can over the next few days. And you try to spice it up. You know, like uh, if you don't want to wing three days in a row, maybe ask Betty to do stuff to it because I don't know how to cook. No, I'm kidding. Maybe like remove the chicken and turn it into something else. You're still still the food product. Uh, But that's tip number three. Beside that, you should deep clean any sort of cooking things, slow cooking things that have been used for the Super Bowl, that have been sitting out with a spicy, sweet queso dip in them. So do the the most you can to deep clean those items. And then just account for all the other rogue stuff that's going to smell that maybe you're not thinking about, the beer bottles, the soda cans, the things that have been left throughout the house. But I guess that also depends on, like, the friends you bring over, right? 
Because, like, everyone's not going to have to deal with, like, rogue beer bottles that have been thrown on the floor. This is a select group of people. Well, you never know. You never know. Things can get out of hand. No, at Doyle's Dance Den, I mean, (laughs) things go nuts all the time. I actually got a text for another name for the... uh... You're, this is, by the way, anyone that didn't hear, there's a ridiculous house for sale in California, $500 million. It has a dance club inside of it. So we started to joke about if Neil had a, a house with a dance club, what would you call it? The other name, Doyle's Dynamic Disco. <laughs> yeah, but disco's not cool. Yeah. Well, if you're trying to throw it back a little bit, I don't know. Doyle's Dynam- Dynamic Disco Tech. You could just do the whole thing. Just be as, you know, the clientele at that place is way different than Doyle's Dancing Den. I feel like you have two very different customers in both establishments. Well, if this place is $500 million, I mean, we could probably put both right in there. That's true. I mean, yeah, why? Split the split right. the dance club in half. Right. You put up flyers at the retirement home for one spot, and you put up flyers <laughs> at the college for the other. And then you're covering the best of all worlds. Everybody's got money now, you know? Like, I don't know why you don't go after the people in the other spot. The discotheque goers are going to love you. A uh, quick break. A lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. After this break, I have to tell you about a husband and a wife fight that, like, I'm entertained. I, I don't know. I'm a married guy. My wife and I fight from time to time. She wins because she throws shoes. But in this situation, even though the wife is getting some some love on social media, I obviously think the husband was right. I'll share it, and I want your vote after. JBC. I'm better than You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. If you're married out there, I think you can sometimes be entertained by a fight. Uh, Not your fight, not with your significant other, but a fight between other married couples. It's, I don't know, it's something. Every once in a while. That's all I'm saying. Not all the time. And not like serious ones, not big deal ones, but ones like this. So there's a couple. They're out of the UK. Uh, The guy is in his mid-30s. The wife is 32. I don't know the exact age of the guy because he's the one who turned to Reddit to tell the whole story. Uh, but he says his 32-year-old wife really loves to collect stuffed animals. He knew it about her when he first started to date her. He thought it was really endearing. He used to even buy her some of the toys and stuffed animals that she would collect. He just thought it was kind of like a cool, quirky thing about his girlfriend that became his wife. Uh, over the years, though, I guess, as the collection grew, so did the affection for the stuffed animals, according to his, his Reddit posts. Then came along a very specific stuffed animal. This is a foot-tall pig that's wearing some sort of pajama outfit, and the wife just seemed to love this one. Like, it was her by far her favorite of her collection of things. So what did she start uh, doing with it? Well, she started taking it out. Uh, you know, as people do on social media, you turn places, you take photos of things. Maybe it's a puppy that you like. Maybe you take photos of your baby. And I guess this woman decided to start taking photos of her foot-tall pig that wears pajamas. And it's, again, a stuffed animal. So you're doing this different places. You're having a good time. And I guess the husband keeps telling himself, like, it's not a big deal. Then she starts bringing the the, uh, stuffed animal out to restaurants. So any restaurant they go to, uh, there they go. And it's the three of them. It's him, his wife, and the, the little stuffed animal. And then eventually... His wife starts asking for a third chair for the stuffed animal because it is a foot long. It does have pajamas. It's kind of uncomfortable just sitting in her lap. So why not put the put the little stuffed animal in its own separate chair at the restaurant? And the husband again says on social media that he didn't he didn't make a peep. He just didn't complain at all. He's like, okay, this is her thing. She's into it for whatever reason. Uh, so it's just going to keep happening. And then one day, a special holiday, he invites her out to an upscale restaurant. So this is like the fanciest place in town kind of thing. I guess they didn't go here a lot since this thing had started with her loving to take out the stuffed animal, which, by the way, we never got a name 
which I think is terrible that he goes through this whole Reddit explanation and doesn't give us the name for the, the creature that she loves so much. But so they go to the fancy restaurant. She asks for three seats again, sits the stuffed animal in the third one, and uh, the husband starts noticing the looks. Because I imagine if any of us bumped into this, if any of us went to a fancy restaurant, we saw a couple, a lovely couple, along with a stuffed animal in a high chair, you probably would at least look, right? A uh, thousand percent. Okay. And if it was the fancier the environment, the more you'd look with, let's say, confusion. And so the husband started to notice a lot of the, the looks coming back seemed to be judgmental. So he said on his social media pay, page, he goes, and I love the fact he's immediately defending himself while sharing this story. But this is what he says about that evening. He goes, I'd had a crazy day at work. I was really tired. <laughs> exactly the stuff husbands do, by the way. It's, all the excuses come first. And I noticed quite a few people are glancing in our direction, and I just didn't feel like I could handle it. Uh, so I asked her if she could sometimes, not even this evening, by the way, Neil, sometimes maybe leave the stuffed animal at home who he, in this point of the conversation, calls Stuffy, which, again, I don't know if that's the, kid, the thing's name, but it's Stuffy. She said okay, and then the wife seemed to be all right. Then a few seconds later, as anyone in a serious long-term relationship knows, something bubbles over, and she starts screaming. She gets so angry in the restaurant, and she keeps shouting the same phrase. Why do I embarrass you? Just yelling it at the guy. The stuffed animal's sitting there. It's probably very uncomfortable at this point. The husband doesn't know what to do. The wife's screaming, and then she flips the soup and runs out. And so he shares the whole story on social media, expecting, like, unanimous people, like, everyone to say, hey, man, you did everything you could. You went through years of stuffy coming out all the time. Every restaurant, you never did a peep. But you know why people are siding with the wife, Neil? I could only imagine. You, can, you have nothing in your heart that tells you a reason why. If you really tried to search for one, how could she possibly be right in this scenario? What did he do wrong? What would you say? Uh, nothing. I'm on the guy's okay. side. Okay. I am too, but I know when I get home and a shoe gets chucked at me, I'll know that I got it wrong. The reason why they're saying is he had never raised an objection until that moment. Every other time, he had bought her stuffed animals when they dated. He had gone out to all these like medium to maybe fast food-esque establishments, and he'd been totally okay with it happening. By the way, I have no idea what his wife looks like. I'm just curious now. I said that's a bad thing. It's a male thing. But if she's really, really cute and you really hated a lot of the things she was doing... Some men would just plow through it, um, but he, he eventually raises the objection, and the people who are siding with her say it was the wrong time. He wasn't even asking her to put it away that day, though. He was accepting his fate that this fancy evening they would be judged. And by the way, when it's three chairs, last thing I'll say, and then i got to take a break. Uh, we got some basketball coming up in a few seconds. When it's three chairs and you're just an onlooker, you don't know whose it is. You don't know if it's his. You know, like It, it looks like they're both okay with it. As even like a person seating them, I would be a little confused. At the fanciest of restaurants, they're like, uh, table for three, please. Oh, it's uh, 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 okay. You know? <laughs> and then as you bring them to the table, and you're like, do I leave the menu for your guest that's coming? No, no, he's here. And they put the like, little animal in the spot. You'd be like, okay, we got a special table in the back of the room. We're going to have to have them service differently. You know what I mean? And maybe this is on the guy now. I don't know. I don't know. But he had done it so many times that, like, no, man, you got it. By the way, my, my, um, my, my wife and my mom have texted during this segment. Uh, they both think she's crazy, so thank God, knock on wood. I, I avoided a shoe today. <laughs> Quick break, a lot more coming up. I'm just Brian Walder. Cloudy skies this evening. Stray flurries and areas of freezing drizzle possible, a low of 26. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, high of 34. Friday, mostly cloudy, light rain, snow showers possible late, high of 39. Saturday, mostly cloudy, a high of 40. 
Right now it is 29 degrees at Radio Bloomington. Uh, I'm really, really happy that both my wife and actually my mom, for whatever reason, seem to really agree that that last story had a crazy lady in it. Because you never know. You never know as a husband. You always think that you probably should err on the side of caution. And as that guy did, deal with uh, you and Fluffy going out several times without you know complaining at all. Uh, moving on to other stories, Google spent a record amount of money paying people to find flaws and hacking into their system. I think this is a cool thing that like tech companies do. Like, you know what? We know that we have flaws. We know that we screw things up. And we don't want to enable the people who want to hack it badly. So like, if you find a hack, we'll give you some cash. Uh, one of the kids who found one got $200,000. If you knew anything about computers, Neil, or anyone out there, would you start trying to mess around with this stuff on the off chance you discover, like, a great one? Yes, please. There was a kid who found a, uh, an Apple hack. He, uh, he found that, like, the FaceTime camera would kick on if you did a couple different things. He did totally by accident, and Apple gave him, like, a bunch of money for that, too. So we should really just be messing with these products. I'm just going to go start hitting buttons on Honestly, the computer. Yeah. You know, because, like, that kid had no idea. He was, like, doing some video game with his friends, and then he turned off his FaceTime, and then his buddy starts texting, like, I can still see you. And then that's how they find one. So you can make a bunch of money doing it this way. Google paid $21 million to different companies in 2019 and different individuals in 2019 who had found and or repaired hacks. $21 million. Does that say that Google has a crap ton of money? Uh, quite a bit. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Tesla is apparently now doing this too. Uh, Tesla is giving out cash prizes because, well, in their world, if something goes wrong, it's important to get that fixed. So anyone out there now, if you want to make money, one of the smartest ways to do it, in my opinion, is just start hacking stuff. And by the way, I asked the other day, like, you know, cool movie moments that you'd want to live through if you only got one. One that I'd love to do is to be able to, like, punch a bunch of, a bunch of buttons on my computer and then say I'm in. You know, like someone comes to me like, oh, we need you to hack this thing. And I'd be able to do it within, like, 30 seconds. That's the way it always happens in a movie. You have no idea what you're doing. You smash buttons, and then you're like, I got it. I got CIA top-level clearance. Um, one other quick thing. I like this story, too. A pregnant woman brought a Nerf gun to the hospital to keep her husband awake while she was delivering a child. I guess it was going to be a longer delivery. She was going to be in the room for a while. So she took photos and social media of herself armed with a Nerf gun, and it got tons and tons of likes, tons and tons of you know follows and requests. And apparently that hospital even said they may, they may now start stocking the weapon just in case anyone has someone go rogue. That's incredible, you're right? Just sitting in the chair and boom, you yeah. get hit and you're looking and your wife's in the bed holding the Nerf gun. Well, what's, what's insane about that is like she's going there to birth a child and she was worried the guy was going to nod off. She had to like bring a weapon to keep him awake. I feel like that's the moment to focus on her, bud. We had two very different stories of relationships to end this show, one with a, a crazy woman and one who's going to like almost tolerate.